Welcome to your Sanity Safe Space, the call-in show where you decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Hello, Blonde. Hello. I always hate it when important, relevant information comes out right about the time that we start a stream. Not that it's the most crucial story in the world, but what happened? I was taking well, the update with the big titty tranny teacher. Oh, it came, yeah, it came out like an hour or two before After we did the show. And I don't think it changes much about what we talked about on Sunday. He's trolling harder, though. He's doubled down. It makes the story <laughs> even better. Oh, no, no, that's not me that they got photos of on the street. I'm a that's... real intersex <laughs> person and I have a condition known as what gigantomastia or something. And I thought, no, no, he gigantomastia he made that up surely it did he i i googled it it's a real thing so he's done his research this man gigantomastia yeah yeah wow, it's not common him. it's very rare uh but my admiration for the commitment to the bit and the trolling continues so perhaps we'll revisit on Sunday if it's not too old by then. But it's just it's it's another Dude, layer to so, that. Did you story. see that person so pissed off at us on Twitter? What person? Talking about how we're um we're like encouraging pedophilia mm-hmm. in the schools. It was I one guess, of our followers. They were like uh, really mad. I got like 20 uh, tweets from them. Uh, no, I did not see this. Hmm. I reserve the right to laugh at the commitment to the bit while acknowledging. Yeah, I don't think that this is a great display for the kids. But however, it's a hilarious display for me. And that's all that really matters. However, you have to acknowledge if you don't win this fight, this is the sort of stuff that's going to be displayed to your kids or at least right. to kids in the public school system for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a false choice. You could push back and say neither. And that's fine. That's what I would pick in an ideal world too. But if you have to pick between troll man and the real I'm thing troll man. I'm yeah. taking troll man. A troll man might get us out of this. I like yeah, him. I, I like this. I certainly understand the point. You know, I understand that you would, this is not what you want for the long term. but I don't think anybody's, but, but it's better than what's actually happening. Correct. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's taking the position like, Oh, this is, we want this in perpetuity. We want yeah. big T tranny teacher mm-hmm. in perpetuity, but yeah. relative to the status quo, you have to, well, I don't know if you have to go as far as to acknowledge it as a good thing. I'll I'll stop myself there. But you you can uh, acknowledge the commitment to the bit. Yeah. This this guy, love him or hate him, he's following through. <laughs> anyway, uh I guess I'll have to look at my tweets. I didn't realize there was a guy that mad. But nah. not that mad then, I guess. Did you engage? Did you fun? Did you have the Twitter fight? I didn't even see this. No, I, I didn't. I, I just don't oh. care anymore. Like, I can't even make myself tweet. I just you've, you've find a, lost the... a vaccine death and retweet it and say, lol. That's like my whole Twitter account. Hmm. Well, uh, I, I'm surprised you've already lost your enthusiasm. You got uh, restored and it's already gone. Anyway, yeah. uh, 
Welcome back to the call-in show. Thanks for your patience with uh, the week off. Last week, we will uh, take your calls as usual this evening. We'll stop every half hour to check in with your super chats as well. If you're new to the show and you're curious about how to participate, there are instructions for how to do that, how to call into the show, uh, that is. If you look in the uh, description of whatever video platform you may be viewing on, if you'd like to participate but you can't do it live or you're having trouble getting in live, uh, you can send us an email question, of course. And the way to do that is through the contact page of the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll get to those at the end of the show. And uh, to start tonight's show, I'm going to bend the rules just a little bit. I had a request for a call from uh, listener Meet You. And it's going to be a little bit of a heavy topic, but it's one that's close to both of us in addition to Meet You. And I wanted to hear what he had to say about it. Uh, so I'm going to bring him in before I say anything any further because I don't want to mischaracterize. But uh, Meet You, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Well, how you doing, man? Uh, doing pretty well. Thank you for uh, taking the time to let me do this. Sure. I didn't uh, I didn't want to misrepresent or mischaracterize to the audience. So I have not introduced the topic or the the information that you want to discuss at all. Uh, do you want me to do that or do you want to do that yourself? Um, uh, go, go ahead and give a simple uh, uh, introduction and sure. I'll take it up from there. Well, you had emailed me and, and mentioned you'd like to call uh, because it's been one year since your wife's suicide. And suicide is a topic that is is close to to me and is close to blonde and uh well i wanted to hear i wanted to hear what you had to say about it and and how you're doing one year later so um a little bit of correction it's actually been two years two years my mistake yeah yeah um yeah so so i met my wife while i was in puerto rico and then uh we we moved to portland and i went to university and got a a degree in computer science and I had the great unluck of, uh, looking for internships in March of 2020. Um, but also while we were in Portland, we, we kind of discovered the, the live show and we would watch it together. And she always took blonde side and I was took, uh, Matt's side. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, when I graduated in December, uh, I couldn't find a job. Um, and so we, we moved to the middle of nowhere, Ohio, where my parents were. And what, what woman wants to live with a man who's, uh, in his thirties living with his parents. Um, and, uh, she was a model and, uh, she, she was going back to Portland for a, uh, a photo shoot. And, uh, I, had a, I got a call from her sister telling me that that uh, she had committed suicide. Um, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Um, while I was at the funeral home, one of her model friends told me that she never made it to the photo shoot. So you um, guys were in different different places. Let me make sure I understand correctly. You were in different cities or different places when this happened? At the time, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, yeah. so, so yeah. Um, and then... Um, so it was an actually an all right time because I, I was still unemployed. Um, so I was able to deal with all of the, the probate stuff and, and the funeral stuff and, and everything while I had the, the time. Um, and, and then uh, um, within a month after 
after it happened, my parents had moved into one of their other houses. Uh, after, after three months, I finally found a job that I didn't want, but it was a job. And then uh, a year, I, uh, I closed on a house um, uh, almost to the day of a year after it happened, mm. I, I bought a house. Um, and then uh, just this week, I finally got that uh, software development job that I had been wanting to get. Well, that's that's so, really good. I'm I'm glad to hear that you've been able to to move on. Well, you know, you never really move on, but you get what I mean. That you've been able to continue on with your life and do the things that I think that are important to you, and that I'm sure she would want you to achieve. Um, yeah, yeah. What, was she what exhibiting it, any signs of depression, or was this a total shock? Um, well, she, she, she had pretty much the entire time I knew her. At one point I came home from work and she was trying to hang herself with an electrical cord. Oh, good cow. Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, her, she'd, she'd gotten better, gotten worse. Uh, um, was she diagnosed I, with any sort of condition? So, so because I'm, because I, I'm, uh, ex-military, I deal with the VA. I don't know how other people deal with medical stuff. I know she was trying to work things with the, with Oregon health systems. Um, they had had her on various meds. They had, they, she was seeing someone, but that person wasn't helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and, and it seemed like she had mostly gotten better. Um, uh, but, uh, while we were living in Portland, but, uh, while we were in, in, uh, Ohio, she she told me she she wanted to die, and it was her decision that she wanted me to respect it. And I didn't know how to respond to that at all. Well, it's a very difficult spot, obviously, and, and maybe you and I have had something of a similar experience because there's there was one conversation that I had with my brother, and probably it's probably six months before it actually happened, where he kind of mentioned it sort of seriously, yeah. and I I told him, you know, you can't. You can't do that. You can't do that to our parents. You can't. That's that's not an option. I, I understand the pain. I understand everything. But you can't. You can't do that to the family. And um, you know, obviously, it was a difficult conversation. And and you you treat that seriously. And you you obviously want to intervene. But what can you do short of putting the person in a cage? You know, I mean, yeah, I, right, I, right. It's like right. I don't know. I, obviously, I didn't know your wife, but I. If you tried to control my brother in that way it's going to make it worse. Oh, like, yeah. I, I can't, was, I can't was... put him in a straight jacket or something. You know? Yeah, it's... definitely. My uncle had several previous suicide attempts, but it seemed to everybody that he was getting better. That was the thing. Yeah. And that yeah. the same thing yeah. with my brother where it's like, Oh, you know, there's been some trouble in the past, but now Matt's at, at home with him and this is going to be great. This is going to be better. And yeah, you, you never, it's not like there's a, an alarm that goes off, you know, it, it kind of, and maybe you had a similar experience meet you because for me it's like it happened when it actually happened it was a few miles away from me so it's like my brother just just left one day it's like i saw him go for a walk before bed and that was it it's like he walked out of my life and i never saw him again and if you're yeah if you're far what? away from her maybe you had an experience like that where it's just like she it's almost like she just disappears you tell me i don't know yeah the 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 I, I don't know when the last time I gave her a hug was. Yeah. I, I, I dropped her off at the airport. I didn't want to be that person that was holding up traffic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. And well, so I, I just saw her leave that, that one day. Well, listen, I, I appreciate, uh, you coming on and talking about this. Obviously it's difficult. And, um, yeah. and I, I'm glad that you guys, uh, you know, I appreciate you sharing that you enjoyed the show together too. That means a lot to me and blonde personally. And, and, um, if you'd like, uh, as we wrap up here, I don't know if you just had any thoughts to offer to anybody who might be in a similar spot to what we've just described, or maybe somebody who's going through the same sort of thing. If there's, if there's something you could, if there's a lesson you could learn through all of this, what would it be? Um, I, I don't really know what to tell other people, uh, but um, I, I've decided that, that um, well, one, all of the issues that she and I were having, all of them have, have been solved within two years. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I just, I just feel like uh, uh, suicide is the most selfish act a person can do. Hmm. Do you, uh, I, I don't mean to, to prod or get too personal. So, you know, I know it's a, a tough topic. Uh, do you feel when you, when you say that, do you feel any kind of, anger. I don't know, anger or negative emotion as a result of that? Or have you been able to find peace with it? Well, there was, there was one time there was a, it was an already broken TV, but uh, I had irrational rage with within a month that I just slammed that TV yeah. on the ground and destroyed it. Well, but it's not I'm, irrational. I mean, there's a reason to be angry. Well, yeah, but I'm I'm definitely doing much better. I I I um I don't have those anger issues that I had never seen before in my life. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for the call, man, and and thanks for talking about it, and uh, really appreciate uh, your willingness to to come discuss it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks a lot. Have a great night. Oh, did you have any other thoughts on that? Oh, just what a nightmare. I mean, I think when somebody commits suicide, everybody around them feels responsible. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, difficult emotions to get through. There's the there's the sort of guilt or responsibility, like what could I have done to prevent this? And then on the other side, there's almost like the anger for for some, maybe even a resentment. Like, how could you do this to us? Um, I've gone through sort of phases of of all of that myself. I don't know if you have, but. Yeah. Uh, um, the, the one thing I would say in closing, I don't even think it's suicide specific, but in the way that my brother disappeared from my life one day and, and perhaps his, his wife disappeared, uh, in, in a similar fashion that can happen a lot of different ways that can happen through a car crash that can happen through a crime that can happen through, uh, in any kind of freak accident. And so I, I know it's cliche, but man, when he said like I was in a hurry, so I didn't give her a good enough hug at the airport. That's why those moments have to be treated seriously every single time. And I, I say that as the guy who's like, I'm not the hugger cuddly, you know, uh, baby talk. I love you type guy every time that happens, but you have to be conscious. Every single parting might be the last parting. Yep. So yeah. make, make good on him. For me, it's less about the, the gushy stuff, more about perspective of like, don't, don't leave an important relationship in a state of conflict unnecessarily Gushy stuff matters though. Like I call yeah. my mom like twice a day and I still tell her I love her every time we hang up. The phone. That's <laughs> every good. Single time. Yeah. 
and I, and I'm I'm glad I, I uh, above everything else I'm thankful that I wasn't separated from my brother in a state of conflict. I don't feel like there was yeah. some fight that lingered and I never got to resolve it. There are a lot of things I wish would happen differently, but I don't have that burden. I don't have that burden of like, oh, I was a dick to him about some some bullshit that doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, we got to get into the calls uh, and appreciate Michu's calls and uh, appreciate the patience of the other callers. We'll get right into those with uh, musta- uh, Mustache Asian. What's going on, man? Hey. hey how's it going? It's happy oh. last show of the month. Uh-oh. Oh, your audio we got, situation. We got a mic situation, Mr. Mustache Asian. That's you, weird. It's um, like, it was like really cracking. No, it was just it's like it so, distorted. That's weird. Oh, I think it's my, my signal issue. I live in the basement. Now it sounds fine. Extender. Well, yeah. kind of. Kind uh, of. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bad. Do you, if you have a, well, I'll tell you what, how about I, can I put you in the tech problems room and we'll see if dangerous spaces hears it and maybe he can help you through it and we'll come back to you without work. Um, Okay. Right. The, the other option would be Thanks. I can have you get a really quick thought in, but the, the audio situation is a little rough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, this ice storm all over here in northern Michigan, or uh, northern Detroit. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, why don't I sound out? Uh, it's, it's pretty bad. Why don't I put you in the uh, – okay. we'll see if Dangerous Faces can help you out. We'll come back to you shortly, okay? Okay. All right. Sorry Thanks. about that, man. Thanks. Detroit. I the want to storm. move a house from Detroit to Northern. Because <laughs> they only cost ten grand. <laughs> well, people, there are a lot of people that will move historic homes mm. across the country. It costs like a hundred grand. Hmm. Well, that's a bargain these days. Hundred yeah, right. grand, and you know, hundred. I'm sure the houses are less than hundred grand to buy, and then you got to spend hundred grand to move it. And then two hundred grand to fix it up, but then you have like an awesome house for four hundred thousand dollars plus the yeah. lot, a million dollars. Mister Wicked Masshole. Yep, that's me. Sorry, we were just strategizing on how to move a dilapidated home out of Detroit. Anyway, like the house itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. Seems like the most viable housing strategy if you if you're yeah, trying. Let to, me, if you think about it, yeah, some of those yeah. go for like a five bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's mean, on your the mind? materials alone. Oh, I yeah. didn't mean to drag you into a bizarre uh, house uh, renovating discussion, unless you want to talk about that. Maybe another time. Uh, I just, uh, <laughs> I just thought uh, one of the angles of the Project Veritas uh, situation, uh, aside from James O'Keefe getting kicked out after seeming to do a good job because he's kind of abrasive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get. I mean, if you want somebody to get stuff done, sometimes they're a little abrasive. That's just how it works. But there was Ivory Heckler, who you may know as one of their biggest whistleblowers, went was talking about this with Allison Moreau, and uh, so it turns out uh, James O'Keefe was apparently pressured by Fox not to let her go to events, and I thought that perhaps more than anything highlights the controlled opposition aspect of our po- right wing politics because wait, it's not- which wait, whistleblower is is she? I forget Ivory Heckler. She was like. She was a Fox journalist, local Fox journalist, and she was uh, talking about some. I think one of the stories she did was she talked to the guy who's did uh, the doctor who was subscribed prescribing hydroxychloroquine because people are okay. like, oh, wow, this doctor has great results. Let's figure out why it is. Ooh, that's why it is. Mm, maybe you shouldn't investigate that. It was a it was a thing. 
that happened. <laughs> and right, she was okay. blowing the whistle. It was kind of a big deal. But oh, Fox yeah, did, I'm looking at it now. She's from Fox. Now I remember, they, yeah. Fox was really salty about that. So, And uh, James O'Keefe, who, of course, appears on Fox, complied. And I just think that's the highlights. You know, it's controlled opposition because if you have controlled opposition, people think they're fighting the fight, but they're not. It's like, oh, I'm watching Fox News. I'm going against the system. So just uh, just so I understand, you're saying that that O'Keefe went on Fox, but was not allowed to discuss her. Well, no, uh, O'Keefe is every time O'Keefe gets a big story, he gets to go on Fox. Yeah. And you would think that Fox is just going to do this in order to serve because that's what their viewers want. But apparently they demand but they demanded that he wouldn't go. He wouldn't let her speak at various events. Oh, and I see. Because they were, they had some stake in it or something at but the yeah. event. I mean, I get that he felt that, oh, well, you, you know, got to make a deal with the devil to do what you can. But in my opinion, he should have just, you know, done the Veritas thing to Fox. I mean, I think that probably would have been a pretty big story, frankly. Uh, just imagine, <clears> oh, Fox <throat> is trying to suppress criticism. I mean, but uh you know, he thought, oh, well, you have to work with the system. But here's the thing. Why do you have to work with the system? Like Fox News has an audience of Republicans. Shouldn't Republic? shouldn't they be, you know, on our side? It's like, you know, yeah. MSNBC is on the blue team. You know, I'm not saying they have to be like provide dishonest coverage. I'm just saying, hey, maybe not cover stuff up like. And I people don't have any idea how much leverage they have. It's like Republicans didn't seem just accepted, you know, bad politicians for a long time. And then they realized, hey, wait a minute, we can nominate, we can nominate Donald Trump. You know, say what you will about him, but he did certainly right. change the game. And uh, I think we should do that with the media. I mean, certainly the existence of the alternative media like you guys, that's great. I mean, more of that, but yeah. I mean, that's just, true. Just the there was always a controlled opposition angle to Project Veritas I couldn't put my finger on because they were actually doing really important work. Yeah. But... So I did find something unpalatable about him. However, this clearly was um, just a way to detonate the co the company from within, so that they yeah. can't do any of this work. Like, there's there's no question that this was a result of the the Pfizer video. Well, the timing is certainly fishy. Uh, may have pushed him over the edge. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought you know maybe if we stopped accepting controlled oppositions from our politicians, maybe we should stop accepting controlled opposition from our news organizations. Maybe her, you know, maybe they should actually, you know, bring people on. He shouldn't have to bow to Fox because like That's Fox true. should be bowing to him. What do you think about That's Tucker Carlson? I'm, I'm really struggling with this one because I just find him so likable. Like I, I just, I just think he's just adorable, you know, and sometimes he's talking and I'm like, right on. But then he'll be like, we need to nuke China. And I'm like, what? He doesn't say that. What no, he but he's that? constantly talking about war with China. It's like. Yeah, but not I, in an advocacy way. He's usually not. like. Oh, a, no, really? he's he is oh, trying that. to stoke the fires when it comes to this. This China thing, for sure. You think so? uh, he did? A, I don't yeah, listen he did to a whole a bunch, segment but... about a, a Russian Chinese alliance the other day. I was like, dude, that sounds awesome. That's a world power I can get behind. <laughs> Stupid America. He was saying he was against that. <laughs> I just yeah. Know. What? A... I know. <laughs> <laughs> like no, I don't know. Base. I don't, I don't yeah. listen to him very much, but I've, I've never thought of him as a, as a war hawk type guy. Usually he's speaking out against those things, but I, I'm no, not I mean, he's not, I he's not war hawking, but like he has a perspective on China that I find. Um, I don't I know. He just doesn't like China. Yeah, but th they're going to be our overlords. We're just going to have to get used to it. That <laughs> Blonde I mean, is already engaging in the female art of submitting to the conquerors. The, the survivor mechanism, survival mechanism is already 
it's, kicked it's in. preemptive it's yeah. submission too. I'm like, yeah. they are going to conquer us. So I'm going to start learning about their culture. Too bad. It's not the Japanese. Like, <laughs> I got a lot more love for the Japanese. They I'm had their China. shot in world war two. It didn't work. <laughs> they out. really yeah. did. And they had Hitler on their team and it's still, I know. how did you mess this up? Yeah. God. Anyway. Well, uh, okay then. All right. Well, thank yeah. you for the call, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for the show. Bye-bye. And his Kabbalah they- bracelet too. Uh, who? Uh, Tucker. Oh, Tucker. I forgot about that. With O'Keefe, you know, part of it is uh, selfishness, obviously. Like, I would love to talk to O'Keefe. Um, right. I wish some of these guys would throw a bone to some small. It doesn't even have. I'm not saying for my show, but it would be awesome if if if, say, James O'Keefe would say, I'm going to go talk to this smaller Internet show about what happened rather than running straight to Hannity or what like. Yeah. I mean, he's he's James O'Keefe. He doesn't have to listen to me. But to the point of the caller, there are opportunities to avoid some of the uh, mainstream media power centers that have been problems in the past. Right. I, I just wish I just wish uh, I just wish some more independent voices would would get thrown a bone from time to time. But well, independent creators helped Project Veritas take off. That's so- probably true. But he yeah. owes us. <laughs> he, I think he would have been just fine without uh, without this show. But um, yeah, but yeah, he's he's an example of that. He's an example of what I admire, which is creating something with little more than a camera and a microphone, and making something not just of a huge audience or something that matters in people's lives, but in his case, breaking very important stories. And you know that that's not something that I have experience in. Um, maybe someday I could learn the art, but I, I don't know what it's th- to break a story like the Pfizer story. That's, that's a, that's another level of this, uh, of this arena that he has done routinely yes, or, you know, the people he's hired, but he deserves credit for that too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got time for one more before the bottom of the hour. Uh, Phil, what's on your mind? It's doing tonight. Hi, Phil. We are well, what do you want to talk about? That's good to hear. Anybody talk about a Scott Adams video today at all? No. Is it on yeah. Twitter? I yeah, on, I haven't heard anything you about it. Adams is first off. Yeah, yeah. I the uh, the Dilbert guy, and I know yeah. last I saw from him because I'm not a, I've never been a big, I don't have a strong opinion. I'm not a hater or a guy who uh, who listens to him frequently. I just saw that there was a lot of pushback on his vaccine stuff. And then he basically admitted that the uh, the anti-vaxxers were right, and that became a whole thing. Is that what, to what you're referring? Well, uh, that's mostly what I've known him for, but that's not what he was talking about today. Um, related to this, there was a Rasmussen report poll um, about, is it okay to be white? And uh, I think a majority of Americans agreed that it was fine, but the one thing they found when they were polling black Americans was that 53% agreed that it was okay to be white. That's it. 26, 26 disagreed and 21% <laughs> were not sure. Okay. So, <laughs> excuse me. In his video today, he was talking about, um, he used to feel sympathy for these people and he is now telling white Americans, the best advice to give, I'd give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Oof. Just get the fuck away. It's, I'm really surprised. Yeah, that's, it makes it makes no sense whatsoever as a white citizen of America to help black citizens, and it goes on like that for a while. Wow. Um, I'm, I don't was, know a ton about Scott, but he's always struck me as kind of a more uh, 
he's, I wouldn't say like politically moderate, but a guy who's kind of careful with his thoughts and his words, or maybe I'm mistaken. That that seems well, like uh, aggressive for me, him. Part of me is hard. It's hard to tell to me if he's being sarcastic or whatever. Ah. Um, but it is kind of funny that like he being who he is would actually just come out and even say any of that. Yeah. Uh, even if he is being sarcastic, cause he, he's got to know, like it's going to be cut up and, and broadcast or whatever. And he's, you know, he's pretty old. It's like at a certain point in your life, no matter what your status is, uh, you have to start telling the truth. You, you, you have to, I mean, people have to be looking at their lives and like, well, if I'm going to die with nothing, at least I told the truth to people about, you know, race and gender. Well, it got me, it got me to thinking, um, we've seen a number of, uh, one of the other things he also said in the video, in the video was that he's sick and tired of seeing these videos of, uh, black people beating up white people just all over the place. And it got there me to think about like, this, uh, there's a viral this, one a day on Twitter. It seems it's like, Oh, here's yeah. the, uh, here's today's episode, you know? The, the story I was thinking about when I saw this was this uh, this mother in South Carolina that was shot to death in the Kroger parking lot after a fight. With that black chick? She, yeah. Um, it was on, uh, I think it was on Valentine's Day is when she was killed. And there's people in the media trying to make it out like it was her fault because she like spit at this woman or maybe said some racial epithet. And, uh, you know, frankly, like my views on, on race are pretty obvious in this crew here, but. It is kind of nice that maybe somebody in the mainstream is starting to take the view that whites owe blacks absolutely nothing. Nothing, yeah. And well, uh, Ladonna would never do this to us. <laughs> she would keep the Asians under control. Um, yeah, well, maybe, but uh, both of those groups we can have, we have problems with, I suppose, in some respects. Well, the idea that anybody owes anything to anybody else based on race is silly, regardless. Uh, but but we're gonna have to. Uh, it's, it's, it seems like we're going to be fighting this for a long time, not not just in sort of the cultural sense, but we're headed toward potentially legal reparations or other mechanisms of theft, frankly, yeah, to atone for sins of, of past generations. It's it's complete nonsense. But this is going to get this is going to get worse before it gets better, I think, M- much like every That's- other problem we face, it seems. And apparently the apparently the uh, the sins of the past generations was not sterilizing the male slaves uh, like the Arabs did. <laughs> the Arabs did uh, do that. Nobody right. talks about that. If, Full on if, castration. Absolutely. And if anything, like these current generations of whites are going to start to figure out that maybe our ancestors were far too kind. Well, they did screw everything up by enslaving these people. Absolutely. Um, what what was their plan there, here? There were moral problems with slavery as well. Well, also <laughs> it's you know they they should have known uh, through study of other cultures that it never works. And then when you uh, <clears throat> emancipate them, they're still in your country. So like what, 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 the lack of foresight here is astonishing. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, I uh, I don't know what else to add that. to this conversation. Uh, <laughs> I did kind of come in like a ball of fire, but whatever. yeah. It's That's it's cool. been uh, several, just several uh, crazy topics tonight. So thank you for that, Phil. Yep. Keep Appreciate up with it. Have, have a good night. Yep. Loudy. I don't even know what to say. Moving on. What? Let's. That uh, wasn't that bad. No, I, it's just like my mind is rattled with so just all the all the uh, things I've had to discuss in a half hour period from.
uh, racial politics to the the topic of suicide to, uh, you know, moving Detroit houses and all that. Sometimes my mind just uh, gets lost a little bit. That was awkward. <laughs> I it's a t- it's a difficult topic. I, I have to hear what what Scott Adams says. Um, I mean, if if that if that polling is correct, I, I need to see the poll. Um, the, the, the only pushback I'd have on the poll is that the phrase it's OK to be white rightly or wrongly has become kind of uh, politicized. Yeah. It shouldn't be. But there are people who take that as though it is a threatening statement to other races when in in and of itself, it is not. So I wonder if that's the way people are interpreting it or if they are interpreting it or if they just say, no, no, I, I legitimately hate white people and want them dead, which is also it's really uh, dumb, though. That number's not zero these days. It's I wouldn't say it's a majority, of course, but it's not zero. There are a lot of people who genuinely believe I think it's not okay to be white. Yeah. I mean, so what are we supposed know. to do? Uh, well, you're supposed to continue working on compounds in northern Idaho. That's what you're supposed <laughs> to do until the feds show up or until the reparation police show up. Oh, we are going to get fedded, aren't we, all of us? All right. Uh, let's see. Looks like we're good on D Live and Rumble. Thank you guys over there. Periodic reminder that Rumble super chats are available to be read, just so everyone's aware of that. Uh, which is welcome news, <clears throat> so we can get away from not Susan anymore, but Neil. Haven't heard any Neil news the last few days, so I guess no news is better than Neil news. Although, um, you know, uh, you know our 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 friend and uh, fellow YouTuber Neo and Realist. Yes. Uh, Susan, uh, on her way out, banned his channel and he's been trying to appeal it. And they got back to him and said, no, no, you're banned forever for cyberbullying. What? And the the last stream he did was about the Pfizer video with Jordan Walker. And there it is. He was thinking like maybe it has something to do with him. Anyway, the, the reason I bring that up is not just the unjustified YouTube banning, but Susan and Neil took the extra step with him. Apparently remember what they did with us on Trovo where they banned my channel and also kept the money. Yes. Yeah. They did. YouTube is doing that to him. They're banning him. Good and then Lord. they're in the prior month of super chat or ad revenue or whatever he had. YouTube is just saying, nah, we're going to, we're going to hang oh on to that. My gosh, which that is so seemed, awful. I, I don't know how that's legal. I'm sure they have it covered in some term somewhere, but that is, <sighs> retroactive punishment retroactive theft the, the how 30%, has this not happened to us i don't know but the, the we even talked about jordan walker and i remember cutting up the clip of him being confronted very carefully because susan had said that that was a, a violation of community guidelines because of the violence when i tried Whatever. to post it anyway everybody saw it so I, yeah nice try susan anyway that's uh that's what's going on in youtube world and uh i hope i hope that there's a way to get his channel back but it doesn't sound like they're going to and he'll just be on rumble and elsewhere like a lot of people have been sent away that to be you know sucks all right uh, a few uh super chats here holden mulray says excuse me hi truth seekers you two sure are buried in the algorithm tonight i had to hunt for you conflated topic du jour happiness and the pursuit thereof were promised one not the other uh, cheers. Um, yeah. 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 I, I, any, if you can't find the stream, you can always find it. Um, well, I, I guess I don't link the Wednesday stream necessarily from the website, but on Sunday you can always find it on the homepage of the website. 
Um, and uh, you can find the stream link on my Twitter page before we go live as well. But uh, I'm glad you're able to find it. And then uh, the guarantee, well, in, in the declaration, it, it's an inalienable right to the pursuit of happiness. You're right. It's 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 um, avoiding the idea that government owes you or can right. even guarantee your happiness. It, it's just that you are <laughs> entitled to the right to seek that, pursue that, build that yourself. And that is a key distinction. The government... <laughs> nobody else i shouldn't say nobody few other people can really give you happiness your family probably can your husband your wife your children they can they can do that but you still have to create that life for yourself yeah exactly uh, happiness is is not really something that can just be handed to you in any context it has to be right. built it has to be mm-hmm. it has to be an effort it has to be a construction project and and that's really the the key in that concept mm-hmm. thank you holden jeff sloat says howdy matt and blonde Matt, you made a factual factual error in your review on Sunday. You stated that no white people survived a uh, little bighorn. That's incorrect. Only 276 of the 700 soldiers fighting died. No, that's incorrect. Nobody under Custer's command survived. You're talking about those under the command of Reno, who did not actually fight the Indians. They arrived after the fact. Nobody under the command of Custer Boom. survived. And what's his face? Tom Cruise's character. What was his name? Algren. He claimed to be under the command of Custer. And it was kind of unclear if he was under Custer's command at Little Bighorn. Mm-hmm. But no, the guy, the the U.S. Army soldiers at Little Bighorn in the fight under Custer wiped out. They're all dead. There were many after the fact who claimed to be lone survivors. Nobody's ever been verified. They're a bunch of liars. Um, yeah. But I, I understand what you're saying. There were other Army soldiers. There were other cavalry in the area. But at the actual fight, those under Custer, they were all wiped out. And so Algren is a goddamn liar. GD As- liar. Assuming he means that he was that he was at Little Bighorn, which is not uh, entirely clear in the movie's presentation. He the didn't Beast, say that expressly. He said, I, I served under Custer. Oh, okay. And then he talked about those poor bastards at the Little Bighorn. Oh, they all got scalped. And so it was like, okay, did you serve under Custer prior in the indian wars but then didn't go to little bighorn okay it was strongly suggested. but then heard about it but that was the other problem if you heard about it the newspapers weren't even publishing that information until like he's already on the boat to japan at that point right so anyway <clears throat> jeff i am not fake fake news you are fake news. fuck you jeff <laughs> thanks thanks for supporting the show you are fake news. the beast uh can someone please help me get this blonde woman out of my belly She's too punchy and feisty. This, I think this means uh, this is someone who's pregnant. <laughs> she often yeah. kicks and punches, and I have many internal bruises because of her. Perhaps there's a beast doctor that could induce labor or something. Please that really help. grosses me out for some reason. I guess it's someone who's pregnant, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, thank you. Vladimir Putin says, this blonde would make this good Russian. Uh, you are welcome in my country anytime, this sweetie pants. Thank you. Well, Putin's a big fan. All I've ever wanted. I'm a big fan of YouTube. Putin. Susan Wiki Wiki. Once they found out that uh, what a huge fan I was of the Matt and Blonde show, they forced me to step down. Right. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. Wouldn't that be a twist? Nathaniel Westerman. Why does it sound like you have throat cancer? Who? You or me? I don't know. Oh, Do I, I have th- this respiratory virus, so I assume he's talking about me. Oh, are you still hacking? Yes, God, my kid, I've just been so sick this summer or this winter. 
James right. O'Keefe says, I'm uh, James O'Motherfucking Keefe. I don't have to listen to you. I agree. James O'Keefe doesn't have to listen to me. Thanks for tuning sure. in, though. Mm-hmm. Daniel Yeager. Uh, Blonde, have you read about uh, China's underground Christians? L.A. Times has a surprisingly good article about their persecution from December 2019. Hmm. Are they Protestants? I don't know. Yeah, I know. China's not perfect. You rank China over Protestants? I Let me think about that. Okay, we'll get back to you. Uh, we got to get back into the calls. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. Let's see. Who's up next? Uh, Aeolian. Aeolian, are you there? I am indeed. Or am I coming through all right? Yeah, I'm clear. So clear. Yep. Perfect. So uh, uh, just circling back to a few things at the beginning. First, this whole neo-unrealist canceling. The exact same thing happened to a favorite uh, Catholic YouTuber uh, philosopher of mine, Timothy Gordon. He's a you know. Oh, father. I know him. He got banned too. He goes on Frank's show banned. quite a bit. The exact same thing, exactly on uh, on quite frankly, and the exact same thing happened to him that happened to uh, Sargon. They went retroactively banned his uh, uh, said that these videos they made were breaching the terms of service or whatever, and they withheld his February uh, payout. Dude, that's now, outrageous. That's outrageous. I know. He has eight kids. One of them has like severe, uh, you know, severe special needs. So it's just like, oh, okay, well, we gave you the February, but we'll give you until March to take the videos down. So they pretty much divested <laughs> themselves completely of Patreon. And, you know, they're going to other, they're going to other things now. So, and I say that because it's exactly the same situation. Do we get going to go after the middle class? We got to get a lawyer on this. Um, or maybe they just, maybe the, the legal technicals just aren't there to win or something, but this, th- it, it seems completely insane that they could just decide, no, no, the, the money that we are holding on a certain premise from the audience, which is to deliver it to that YouTuber, we're just not going to because we decided right. we don't like a thing that you said. That, what are that's the contract the, terms that allow that or the terms the, of service? That's the public-private partnership dystopia. Yeah. The government using the cover of private business to enact their will. And, you know, that's just really fancy way of saying, yeah, they can get away with it right now. Yeah, so they, can. they much, won't forever, though. Uh, that's true. I, hopefully, you know, Susan's I'll, time will come. Well, Susan's time has come. So no, not really. Oh. I mean, she's I'm talking about retribution. Oh, yeah. She's talking about uh, heads on pikes. Hmm. Right wing death squads Let's in go. a in a upcoming great work of uh, fiction, a novel she's working on. Yes, uh, fan fiction. Um, But I really do want to just like totally jump the line and uh, just dismiss all of the people who are patiently waiting in line for movie reviews and say that The Last Samurai, I completely am right there with you guys. I just finished the the Sunday show. It is a decent movie at best. Yeah. It is an excuse for Tom Cruise to go to Japan. That was all it was. Right, right. I don't so, think it did the kind of service to Japanese culture that it thought it was doing. Well, it was like practically design. a parody of Japanese culture. Right. Costume design yeah. was good. Yeah. yeah, very, very well-made movie. Just lame. So I want to suggest two of my favorite samurai movies to you guys. You can review them if you want or not, but the first one is from the 50s called Seven Samurai. Absolutely. I've stellar. heard that film is fantastic. I've never seen it. It's, it's a long one. It's like three hours but it is isn't so it good. like four hours it, it's like three hours 25 minutes um, okay but it's it's such an archetypical story of you know cobbling together 
this ro this roguish band of warriors to defend these helpless villagers. You know, they're counting, uh, they're counting the, the warriors. And the ending is so gut-wrenching, it gets me to this day. The second one is from the 2002, and it's roughly about the same time period as Last Samurai, but it's called The Twilight Samurai. Both of these are Japanese movies, and it's a much more introspective, much more reflect, uh, reflective of the culture of Japan, and especially the turmoil that was going on in that time. So, I thought you were going to say Tokyo Story. Uh, <laughs> no, not that one. Uh, I think I've seen that one. I think I know what you're talking about. All right, here's the but, most important question. If I watch these, do I have to endure subtitles? Of course. Oh, yes. I'm out. I can't Are you serious? I'm not reading a movie. No, you have to. You have They're to. They're that good. <laughs> All, right. You, All right. You can you do bad learn. dubbing, which always you, sucks. Oh no, that's that's bad enough on good anime. No. Yeah, but to. it's it's better than him not watching it. I probably. suppose so. Or you can <laughs> learn Japanese fluently. There it is. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the answer. More uh, more useful, I suppose. What uh, what are the distinguishing factors with these movies? Why are what makes them so much better than Last Samurai? Well, one, they're, you know, would you expect a g great things from a Japanese-made movie about the Old West? Nah, probably that's, that's kind of like what Last Samurai is. So yeah. just like the best Westerns are from, you know, they're from Hollywood, the best Samurai movies are from Japan. That's right. ultimately the best excuse you can take it. Also, it's just like superhuman stories. Uh, and i'm totally biased i grew up watching them we watched a lot of foreign films in my house growing up and i loved uh, these are the two i loved the most uh and then the f switching topics a little bit um you can do a lot worse in south dakota than rapid city my only one bait because i'm i'm also in south dakota and mm -hmm. uh the the one beef i have with rapid city is that oh please we just want to be Denver, colorado so bad we're we're the vibey <sighs> mountain town man oh really well, yeah, it's, you know, it's, oh, my craft breweries, oh, my restored firehouse. And, you know, their their main industry is, like, shipping and gambling and... Going to Mount Rushmore. Going to Mount Rushmore, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. know. It's a fine time. I haven't spent a bunch of time there. It really reminds mm -hmm. me a lot of Billings, Montana, if you've ever been to Billings. About the same size Billings? city. They yeah. kind of have the same setting where, um, like, Billings has the rim rocks, like, these kind of... Uh, elevated plateaus around the city. Is Billings the mm -hmm. smelly city? You're probably thinking of Laurel right outside of Billings because there's a big oil refinery right there. Oh, God. I remember driving mm -hmm. past something and I was like, oh, I can't yeah. come back. Uh, but <laughs> I, I, we only went to... We used to go through Rapid City a lot more when I was young and we would drive between Minnesota and Montana. But I, I don't remember that as much because I was you know, 10 years old. In my right. adult life, I only went uh, not last summer, but the summer before... And we stayed in, in Spearfish, so we just passed through Rapid City quickly. Um, but just the setting of it really reminded me of Billings. We didn't get time to hang out at all the, the cool hipster spots, though. Oh, sure. And uh, Rapid is a really pretty town, and the Black Hills are really just just lovely. You know, I have a lot of good memories of the Black Hills. Uh, and hey, it's a constitutional carry state. Low temps, yeah. low taxes. It's, uh, you know, Ash Wednesday blizzard right now, so... So whatever yeah, well uh it, it's <clears throat> this winter has been so brutal we got like another minus 10 night coming up tonight so Us too, i'm sure yeah. you guys are getting yeah, similar same. weather yeah it's it's this whole another just polar vortex arctic bomb whatever whatever implements of war they use to describe the cold you know 
Yeah. Well, we've been having uh, a lot of the hobos have been moving into town, so this will clear out the hobos. You um, think they're a they're a rugged bunch? Well, we. Yeah. I Bums live in Chicago. Yeah. The, I just act. I literally just helped. Uh, just helped the homeless man. Uh, he was coming from Chicago, and I just got him a. I was just on my way back from work. We ended early, and uh, he was in the taco shop I go to. Yeah, like a good taco shop in you know eastern South Dakota. Who would have thought? But he was hmm. coming from Chicago. He said he was going up to Alaska, and it's just like, oh man. Why? Why? Also, just like, dude. Oh, oh maybe he's getting a job I, fishing or something like that. I, and I wanted to do. I should have done more for him. I got him a. I got him a room with a Super Eight, but. I gave wow. him 100 bucks. What are I'm you going to do? Do more? What? He, Why? He must have been a convincing hobo. Yeah, really. <clears throat> He's just a... I don't know. He was young. He had... He's, he, got, he got robbed. He was looking no destitute. Shit. And I'm looking, I'm looking for graces, so... He's you know. probably lying to you. Yeah, he might have. Who knows? Well, you know, that's, that's what you have to guard your heart against, right? Yeah. And the Bible says, uh, you know, be gone from me, you... You, you heathens, you hypocrites, because the things that you did for the least of my people, you did unto me. Hmm. And, you know, I'm, Am I going to burn in hell? That. Is that what's happening? It is Ash Wednesday. I didn't give him my tacos. I think I'm going to hell now. <laughs> okay. You don't need to be I giving got... bums your tacos. Even Jesus would understand. <laughs> Jesus says, no way, bro. He's like, these are my tacos. Get out of here. Anyway, uh, any, any last uh, thoughts before we let you go? Uh, it is Ash Wednesday. Um, I'll be praying for you guys and thank you for just, just thank you for everything. Just being the, the chill, chill, reasonable people. You know, we need more parents to do more. Um, just to, I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on the collapsitarian stuff. It is a long, slow road. I'm a student of the Roman empire. It didn't all yeah. end with a bang. It was a long, slow climb down a hill. We just have to, this is our generation's test to it is just indeed. like, manage manage the decline and hey there's worse things that could happen so uh good night guys God well said Th- thanks for calling in i appreciate it thanks Not for the problem. kind words as well have a good night yep bye lest Aww. i be accused of insensitivity and non-compassion for the hobo population of bozeman uh these people are a business operation i want they i want totally everyone to understand that these these people <laughs> They they sit outside the little strip mall area and they panhandle because it's a profitable business for them. And it's the a reason type I, A bum, type A bum. And the reason I know that is because they're there the entire summer talking about how they're trying to get to some place. Yet I see them getting money all the time and they're never going to that place. And every business around there has has signs on the door that say uh, work today and we'll give you a five hundred dollar bonus uh, for the love like, of God. Yeah. We need workers. No, instead, it's like sit outside and and put on a show to collect five hundred dollars cash a day and not pay taxes, yeah. and yeah. that's um that's not viable in the winter. So I'm gonna have to find a new business model. But uh, like, are are there people in genuine need of help in this town? Yes. Uh, do I want them to get help? Yes. I just want to be clear about that. I'm also saying that there are business hobos who deserve to be frozen out of town. <laughs> and yeah and tonight they are being uh all right mustache asian would like uh an attempt uh again mustache asian how's your mic doing now oh do i sell 
Way much better. Clearer. Yeah, I'm glad we got that uh, sorted out. Thanks for your patience. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, I had to restart the computer just, you know, and, and log, jump back in. But yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, this is the uh, last show of the month, you know? So it's just, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's very, also last show of the uh, Black History Month. Oh, right? I almost forgot. Shortest month of the year feels like the longest every <laughs> year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we're just, I'm just freezing my ass off over here. I mean, well, compared to you, compared to you, Matt, probably not as cold, but it just, it's annoying to have a sheet of ice on your car when you get leave, leave I work. Know, so. I don't know Michigan. It is so cold here. What? Yeah. How, how warm is it there? I bet Michigan in ways might be worse than here. If you get like, that upper Midwest cold, that Great Lakes cold can be worse than Rocky Mountain cold. Yeah. Because you get the, the water cold. Yeah. yeah. Gets in your lungs. Yeah. Actually, I mean, this year it has been more like a Seattle to me. It's like, it's weird. It's a, it's a warm winter for us. And right now it's like 31 degrees still. What? And it's, but, the, but the issue is that it's rain is of 32 degrees and it's snowing. And supposedly, like it was raining like ice earlier. That was annoying because your car just covered in the sheet of ice right, when you yeah. leave work. So you had to break. At least I broke. It was e- easier to break break off than waking up in the morning and have a sheet of ice under a layer of snow. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's a that's a different different story. But anyways, yeah. So yeah. And how are you guys doing? I don't know. Braving the cold. It is just incredibly freezing it's shocking there was one day uh, a few weeks ago that was colder than this but um tomorrow it's going to be four degrees four degrees shit yeah four I mean, degrees, we only have yeah. one for like 17 degrees so this this year was weird for for like seven michigan like detroit area it's just weird so yeah oh. anyways yeah is uh yeah. is our uh, whitmer and company are they going to take away your guns or what's going on with that haven't heard a lot of movement, surprisingly, from, really? from that. Yeah, it's it looked weird. like they like, they were talking like they had a, a great shot at getting this stuff done, but maybe not. I don't know Michigan state politics very well. Uh, I mean, because still some Republicans still might be able to like block it. Like more, still got a lot of Republicans in in the both houses. Supposedly mm-hmm. they're majority, but then that doesn't do shit when you have you know Proposition Three that came through. Where you can, you know, you, you have like basically state uh, constitution that mandate basically becomes that says uh, abortion is a right, and also the teacher can tell your kid that uh, your boy that he's a girl, and you can't say anything about it. So apparently, that's part of the part of that uh, proposition. So hmm. yeah, which is, uh, but then we'll see. I don't know. Somehow it's kind of kind of quiet, but. Even up here in the in the uh, the suburbs, you know, crime is going up a little bit. Like my I have a friend who got broken into, like cars keep getting broken into more around here. It seems his car or his house, his car. Ah. Yeah, so car car like crimes are going up. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's typical, like issue. break the glass, steal the. Well, back in the day, they used to steal like the CD player, but do they still do that in the age of? Uh... Nobody uses CDs anymore, you know? No, so they even... no one is stealing. Well, I don't know. These people steal copper wire out of houses. So maybe they take your CD. Player. You know, uh, I mean, you know what? That's, okay. uh, well, one thing that's popular to steal, at least I've seen on the news, is they steal your catalytic converters by getting under your, your car and uh, detaching it. 
And there was a, a case, I forget where this was, but it was a woman who was sleeping in her lifted excursion, big giant mm-hmm. Ford SUV. She woke up and heard a sawing noise. It was, <laughs> it was a guy under her car trying to steal it. So she put, I don't know if she intended to kill him. Maybe not. I think she just heard the noise and didn't know what was going on. So she backed out of her parking spot, ran the guy over and he died. Well, <laughs> that's good. That's instant funny. justice. She didn't get charged with anything. Did she? I, I don't know. I would hope not. It's that no, guy's yeah. fault. A hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, definitely yeah. a lot of stealing that of calories cutting in down in like midtown or, you know, downtown Detroit. That's just for sure. So yeah, I do hear my coworker talking about it. That's, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but it's just like it's difficult when you are working, <laughs> accidentally end up working for a company that works directly with WEF for the oh, WEF. No. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I guess they have their tentacles in a lot of things. Yeah, sure. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. So, but yeah, hmm. have fun with your 15 minute cities, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Just a, never, never big thing. But yeah. So, anyway, sorry. I, I'm kind of overplaced tonight. It's just oh, that's, like, that's fine. it's been Th- a while. Thanks so. for calling in. I uh, appreciate yeah. it. And thanks yeah. for your patience with the tech issue. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. We can get one more in before the top of the hour here. Egrin is up next. Egrin, are you there? Hey there. Uh, how's it going? Hey, how are you? What's on your mind? All right. Uh, I understand that you and I uh, probably get frustrated that people try to call you out, but they don't really bring like the reference of what you've done or said or anything like that so i figured i might as well just give a prime example of that just keep it really simple so you remember uh colin's show uh february 8th uh, no. you, uh well this would have been the last colin show so i should remember it but uh you'll have to you'll have to refresh my memory okay you said uh that in somalia uh this was timestamp at twenty five forty. That there was, uh, you weren't sure what Somalia exported. Oh, yeah, According, okay. uh, so what the majority export is gold, at least 41%. Really? Okay. Somalian gold, you say? Oh, yes. I'm listening. That fits with the pirate theme. Right. Okay, so I, I figured that would be a, a, a simple callback. Just, uh, so timestamp episode. There you go. Ah. Everyone's happy. Oh, see, I thought you were going to, I thought you were trying to like, uh, call me out on being wrong about something. You're just, you're, you're finding a point of fact that was left, uh, unsatisfied. Yeah. It just, gotcha. I figured, uh, keep the call out just really simple. just cause everyone's, uh, <laughs> on the clock. Anyways, uh, Somalian on the topic gold. I'm going to read about hand, this while you continue. Um, I find this fascinating. How do they have gold, but they're still like the poorest country of all time? Well, here's the thing. Uh, they are at right close by to the Red Sea. So yeah. if Somalia decided to uh, have a bunch of ships uh, take out any ships that get close to the Red Sea, which uh, a lot of Europe needs that if they are going to import anything from Pakistan, India, China, or anywhere else on the uh, east side, or well, west side. So if Somalia were to cut off the Red Sea, all ships would have to go around to, like, if they were trying to go to Europe, they would have to go to Spain or France. Huh. 
But I'm not so, seeing that much of this. Is this do they actually have major gold exports, or is it just like a Somali guy once sold an ounce of gold, and that was the single greatest export in the history of the country? Most this African was, countries uh, are resource. This was 2019 uh, report. Really? Because uh, I'm looking through uh, like the the Wikipedia page and stuff, and I don't see a lot of. You gotta really scroll down. It's I get, like well, a, I'm searching it for for gold, but uh, I mean there are references, but nothing that's like Somalia has a. It's in economy. Yeah, I, but I, it, it, I, it, it doesn't clearly have a gigantic gold exporting industry based on this. But yeah, maybe I'm missing I, something. Okay, well, I might be missing something too. But that, as far as I know from the 2019 uh, representation, they export 41 percent of gold. As in 41 percent of their exports of gold. like their GDP. Economy. Yeah. All right. So basically, a lot of money right there. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but some. Yeah. Yeah. How Um, did they manage to be Somalia as it currently is with being resource rich? Resource rich. I thought their number one export was severed heads. Uh, well, (laughs) shrunken heads, sheep and goats. So Ah. eh. that's pretty close. Got gold. You? I don't know. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep looking into this. I got to find the truth of the matter. Um, Okay. But I, do, I don't mean to hijack your entire call for Somalian gold. So uh, did you have any other thought before we uh, wrap up? Um, I figure a lot of people are focusing on, on the war and whatnot. I'm curious as what's going on as far as organized crime in the U.S. Uh, so far, the there's been new reports of a new type of fentanyl that you cannot be revived with Narcan. It, apparently, it's called the, like, the Great Death Matter. Good Lord. Is it coming hmm. from China? Most likely. Uh, mm. I know back in 2020, uh, there was a report that there was a lot of operations in Mexico that was being aided from China. Mm. I hope they don't do anything that makes me reform my opinion of them. Yeah. And so, so far, uh, ever since the operations back in uh, June 9th, 2021 of Ironside with the encrypted app, uh, so far... Uh, organized crime has been pretty quiet for the most part, except for uh, you know the whole giant war that's been going on. So, <laughs> and, and for the most part, it's just been a lot of mo- money laundering, such as like the FTX thing. I wish it was still Italians, you know. I, such I think, such wholesome organized crime. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know about that. I just know that uh, organized crime has been. Uh, it's still ongoing, but it's been very quiet uh, with mm. everything's been happening. All right, I have found the truth of the matter, or this the full details. Are you ready? Oh, I'm um, ready. Yeah, Somalia's number one export is gold, but the the it's kind of like between what what you were saying and what I was saying as a joke, because it, the, gold was their number one export in 2020. But they exported $111 million of gold, making them the 97th largest exporter in the world. So out of 175 countries, they're more or less right in the middle at number 97, even though their number Mm. one export is $100 million in gold, which I'm guessing is not based on them being ranked 97th. But just when you think about an entire country, $100 million in gold is is not really that much money. No, it's it's not, but it that's their only export uh, yeah. as far as, um, but Somalia hasn't been uh 
I don't know. They've been kind of quiet. I haven't like seen anything that's <laughs> uh, yeah. like newsworthy of like what's going on with Somalia. They're just doing their usual thing, riding around in '80s boats with '80s AKs, I, seeing I what they can harvest that, off the high seas. Like, it, and trying to find a like, trying to find a free Somalian, ticket to Minneapolis. Yeah, dude. The majority of like Somalian immigrants. Uh, like I've seen other immigrants that have done better. Them, they just refuse to uh, assimilate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they can't compete uh, in Somalia and most African countries. They have this culture of uh, of corruption and nepotism, and so they just obviously are going to recreate that in the United States. The like, people act like just because they come to the United States, they're going to start competing in all in the work environment and stuff. So retarded. It's like no, we'll just be little Mogadishu like we're seeing in Minnesota. All right, thank you for the call, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, and ho- hopefully when people call you out, uh, it, like they can at least do it properly, like for reals. But it's so funny when they do it improperly. He gets so mad. <laughs> all right, th- thanks for the call, man, and thank all you right, for the but- specific reference. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. You know, my favorite part of that. Uh, uh, speaking of little Mogadishu and and had the assimilation or not in Minneapolis, it was what four or five years ago that the Super Bowl was in Minneapolis, and there were there were articles about how this was uh, that little Mogadishu was basically victimized by, and it was before the Super Bowl even happened. But little Mogadishu fearful for the Super Bowl because what like racist people are going to come in. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry sure. that billions of dollars are flooding into your immediate proximity to be spent at your Somali gold shops or whatever you have. <laughs> like our apology that you would come to this country and one of this country's biggest events of the year happens to be right next door. Uh, an amazing opportunity for you to cash in on that you would never see in Somali in Somalia. But we're in fact, scared, yeah. You wouldn't see that much wealth in Somalia in a hundred years mm-hmm. combined. Yeah. But somehow they're still victimized in that arrangement. Just un- and and then the Super Bowl happened, and guess how many hate crimes there were against Somalis? Zero. Thousands. Happen. Millions. Yeah, much to your disappointment, but not even one. Anyway, we gotta catch up with chat really quick before we uh get back into the calls i need to refresh though unless you have it ready to go i do um daniel yeager uh kiro kiro bonito blonde you need to get hooked on something like clutch you i know clutch um earth rocker i know clutch uh i love kiro kiro bonito but i also love typo negative and tool and allison kraus and a lot of other i i span the but you know they, they stand on their own just take them for what they're worth I have no so, idea what they are. A band. It's I like assume. a weird British Japanese pop band, but it's okay. a half Japanese chick and two nerdy white guys. It's weird. Hmm. And they sing about trampolines and shrimp. And my daughter loves them. <laughs> All right. See, I, I, if I was going to guess blonde themes, I would not guess trampolines and shrimp, but all right. It's I know you really admire Japanese culture, so maybe it just fits yeah. into that. Uh, Daniel Yeager, I just read that. Um, Nathaniel Westerman. Hey, Blonde, you went to Mizzou, right? I graduated two years ago and it has become, without a doubt, the most anti-white university in America. Lol, barely made it out, sending positive vibes. I did. In I graduated in 2010. Oh, God. Um, and I wasn't getting a lot of that. Some of it was creeping in, but it wasn't, it wasn't really anti-white when I went. 
um, Killer 8000. If you like Seven Samurai, you love the Shogun miniseries. Hmm. It's going to be difficult to watch anything outside of outside of what we're getting assigned, but we'll see. Um, Robin D. Banks, hey, Matt and Blonde, check your inbox for white folks. All right, I will do that after the show. Thank you, Robin. Uh, Greg Davis, Blonde, whatever your past may have been, <laughs> you are now um, <laughs> a fantastic example for young women to look up to. Thank you for being you. And uh, Matt, you're kind of, sort of, okay. I hey, guess. this is a package deal, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I know. There's no blonde he has without me. a sorted past too. <laughs> hey, I did some shit. I tried. <laughs> One I time tried he weed once, weed. <laughs> and it freaked me out. And I never did it again. Yeah. Um. Thank you, Blue Viper. I'm really thank enjoying you, the show. Keep up the good work. Much love from the Lone Star State. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for supporting. Appreciate it. Okay. Uh. Oh. Um. Over on Rumble, addicted to drums. 66.6k following on Rumble. Sticks would be proud. Is that true? Do I have 66,600 subscribers on Rumble? I might. Uh, that sounds about right. That's good That's to hear. That's pretty awesome. Uh, thank you. Addicted to drums. Appreciate it. All right. We'll come back to your chats at the uh, the end of the stream. Appreciate you guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. Next up is Reloaded AK. Mr. AK, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, give me Hi. a second. Let me this stuff up. Hey, guys. Um... I uh, just wanted to try to get your guys' knowledge on how how much do you know about the whole Ohio derailment stuff? Like how much like I listened to the to Monday's show and it seemed like you guys hadn't gotten into the nitty gritty and you guys, you guys were looking at it from a bird's eye view. Yeah, I haven't looked into it in extreme detail. Uh, do you feel like there was something that we missed or glossed over? Well, I mean, there was a. Did, did you guys uh, hear about the town hall meeting they had uh, in uh, East Palestine uh, around the fifteenth of February, somewhere around there, fifteenth, sixteenth, or something like this? Uh, yes. Which, which one was that? Uh, like I said, it was the fifth. Like this was after they were st- they, the people had started coming back from their five day like evacuation, mm-hmm. and they were this was supposed to be addressing like any the concerns the community had about the derailment. Basically, uh, the there was a. Uh, uh, oddly enough, uh, the governor Mike DeWin did not show up uh, hmm. to this town hall meeting. Hmm. Um, as well, and yeah, I think you guys mentioned that the this was the one you guys mentioned that the uh, the train comp- the the train company didn't show up to as well. Uh, hmm. Why am I blanking on their name? Uh, the, the name of the company, uh, Norfolk Southern. No, Norfolk was, Southern. Well, yeah. I didn't know about that. Um, yeah, the CEO was supposed to show up to one over the weekend and did not. But I didn't. I didn't actually hear about that till like uh, yesterday. So I didn't Pete know. Pete Buttigieg about has shown up to none of them. Well, nope. he says he's going. We'll uh, don't see. worry, he'll go there and be very gay and save the day. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the, like before this town hall meeting really got into the swing, like uh, go, uh, there was a congressman that uh, that attended. His uh, last name was Johnson, um, and he was asked uh, where FEMA was, and his Johnson's response was that FEMA is not supposed to be here. This is not a tornado. This is not a hurricane. So he, he, equivo- he equivocated like FEMA only being being meant for natural disasters, even though FEMA is supposed to like be able to handle things like chemical spills as well. He ended up saying like, like uh, in that in his reply as well, I'm not going to politicize this. We're not going to have a political discussion. OK, mm. so he, this uh, apparently a train derailment that's uh, releasing thousands upon thousands of gallons of petroleum product into your uh into your town's soil and and, and like this local municipality soil and waterways and everything else so much uh, so that it uh, caused like waterways to be shut off 
just in case for fear of contamination down yeah. downriver. Um, this is just a political issue to do. And the Johnson's a Republican. Eh, but to mm. me, that doesn't fucking matter because uh, I, I hate them all. Um, and also, uh, like, do you do you know how wide the the what is it? I would say the the searching efforts were into like this contamination zone, like this, uh, I guess the wrangling of the contamination zone, how far they, they checked, like how far, like they wanted to see how, if the soil was contaminated. I don't, I, w- I would guess, I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess low and laughably low. Let's say a hundred yards. Not that low. It was okay. one, it was a one mile radius. Okay. Well, All, that's, from that's the, more from, sensible. Yeah. More sen- Well, more sensible. Remember, we're talking about ways that it could get into rivers and everything yeah. else. And it did get in there. Mm-hmm. It flowed. It, it flowed away. Uh, and you did you guys you guys mentioned the thousand dollar checks that were being offered to the. Yeah. People, right. One thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I think it yeah, isn't you, it like twelve hundred dollars, fourteen hundred dollars. Like that. Not that it really matters. No, it says early in the meeting, uh, I'm reading this article from uh, the Justice Report, and it says early into the meeting, Conway claimed that he has maintained communication with the CEO of Norfolk. Uh, he said he guaranteed me anyone living in the 44413 area code will now receive a $1,000 check. This was met with mixed reactions from the audience, How, uh, and uh, I, would, I would understand why. But the thing is, is that I talked to my mom about this, and she had mentioned, and, and I'm not a lawyer, but apparently, uh, technically, if you cash this $1,000 check, uh, you're technically waiving. You're basically saying that the uh, Norfolk Southern is not culpable for what has happened. Right. To the town. I saw a chick on Tucker that was talking about this. They, um, she demanded that they do air and water testing, and so she, they sent out who she thought was FEMA or the EPA, but it turned out it was a private uh, contractor that was trying mm-hmm. to get her to sign an NDA mm-hmm. and um, relinquish uh, all possibility for future liability um, in order for them to test. And she yeah. was like, I'm not fucking signing this. Are you out of your mind? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they were basically trying to get her to, to be the, to be hush-hush about it. And they were, we're talking about people with, like, little kids and pregnant women and, and yeah. just like, everything else. Like, that are walking, that walked back into this town and they can still smell. When they came back, they, they can still smell the chemicals in the air because they air, basically aerosolized it. Yeah. And then, like fucking Congressman Johnson had this really, really condescending, like, react, uh, like a reply to it. It's like, do you uh, something about? Do you know like uh, the smell of oranges? If you smell oranges, sometimes it, like the lingering smell will be there, and it doesn't mean it's poisonous. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking? About? Oh, there it is. It says, have you ever peeled an orange? You know how when you peel an orange and you smell the rind, that doesn't hurt you. Uh, he quipped that many chemicals like propane can have a residual smell. The thing about propane is they put that smell there just to let you know that it's there. It's a deterrent. Yeah. Right. They have a perfume, and the odor emitted has toxicity levels lower than what can hurt you. This is despite the fact that one would not inhale propane for nearly as long as one would inhale air from outside, and that exposure to substances like propane is toxic. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah, it, would, it, it also assumes, I suppose, that uh, orange rind is the same thing as vinyl chloride. Those exactly. Are, <laughs> those so are was- interchangeable. Literally, uh, it is, it's comparing uh, toxic chemicals to oranges. Yeah. I mean, that's a fuck. That's a weird way to fuck up that analogy, but still or that a saying, but still. And it's just ridiculous. That's how that's how fucked everything is over there for the most part. I don't know how bad the environmental effects are going to be or how badly the people's health are going to health is going to be affected. But because this is probably going to be something that we hear about in about 30 years. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. You'll see those uh, those TV ads 
where they uh, you ever see those ads where they're like, have you been exposed to like asbestos at Camp Lejeune yes. or whatever? You know, uh, if you I don't even remember what the Camp Lejeune thing was, if it was asbestos or not. But the, my point mm. is, do you get these like class action lawyers doing these commercials where you in East Palestine, Ohio in 2023, you might be able yeah, to collect. I, yeah. I totally see something like that unless people fall into a trap like you're talking about. I'd, I'd be curious to look at that. The thousand dollar check thing, because um, mm. Is it your understanding that just by depositing the check, they waive their rights? Or is there there paperwork that they actually, is there corresponding paperwork? You would have to sign off on some kind of settlement, though, right? Well, I mean, you're cashing the check. You're taking the money they give you. You would have to sign off on some kind of settlement. Probably, but if you accept that $1,000 check and you cash it, that technically means you waived it. I wonder what the process is. I don't know about that. Well, I wonder if it's as simple as, like, let's say... I, I just need to look at what they're doing. What what if they print you out a check that's got a little like one of those tear checks that's got extra paperwork assigned to it and it's got some fine print that says Yeah, it, just that so might you be know, I'm not a lawyer. I couldn't tell you what it, what it looked like. Yeah. Um cuz I would definitely be skeptical that just the act of depositing the check alone without any fine print would be some kind of But cons- would you really put it past them not to do something like that? Oh, of I'm sure that, Norfolk yeah. Southern wants to get wants to think of ways to get people to waive their liability. I have no, I'm, I'm sure that's part of their strategy. I just wonder how they're implementing it. I'm, that's an angle of the story. I probably should look at a little more closely. Well, uh, like the, there were, there were a couple of prudent questions that, that were asked during this meeting. And it's like, uh, it says in this article, another resident went to Alan to ask why they asked the experts, why the trains were traveling at double the speed of the 25 mile an hour standard. However, since the representatives of North, uh, Norfolk Southern had backed out just before the meeting, the question was left unanswered. Experts on the other hand, deflected, deflected, saying this would be best for North of Bulk Southern to respond. Man. No, not a lot of non-answers. And if, if a Congressman Johnson was talking about like, I'm here for you, I'm here to listen to your concerns, a bunch of bullshit platitudes. And even then, it was, they couldn't even offer any hard answers or anything like that. Like, what are we going to do? Right. To be able to, yeah. to purify this kind of like toxic chemical spill, you'd have to be like bur- basically burning your soil all those clumps of soil at like what 2500 3000 degrees you had to be throwing it in literal like furnaces to just in roasting them to get rid of the shit oh i know and then poor homeowners around there they're screwed they are they are literally fucked in there like oh you, all you get is a thousand dollar check instead of like we're going to reimburse the entire goddamn town because we right. basically have to have you move yeah yeah and any medical expenses that are uh, that have accrued from uh this spill well we we'll, we will absorb yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, most people it, have this, so much of their wealth in their home. But you guys probably realize this as well. This is a mainly this is a mostly white community, so of course they were they don't they were care. Try, yeah. They didn't give a shit because even like it didn't nothing. No con like no major congressman, President Trump didn't mention this. JD Vance wasn't around. All these people that came in afterwards didn't show up until after this town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. It's because it started really getting out there how fucked everything was. Yeah. Well, my heart and goes it, out to these people. I hope that they, you know, why can't we fundraise for something like this? How much money has gone to Black Lives Matter? Billions, yeah. probably. Literal billions. And you can't, like, of course, FEMA almost tries to weasel out of it, mm-hmm. even though that's kind of their job. It's, uh, well, they don't uh, do anything if there's no property damage, even though these people's property values just plummeted to zero. Well, well, what they say is there's no quote unquote property property damage. damage. Obviously, there is. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as the, the experts say that there's no property damage, of course, they're going to be able to weasel out of it, at yeah. least as best as they can. 
So you're looking at uh, what uh, health effects over the course of 30 years, probable uh, probable miscarriages that are going to be happening, uh, people having to leave, uproot their entire lives, and not being properly con- compensated for it. Miscarriages, All... God, that might be the best case scenario. Those There's are caused be... by, like, by COVID, well, I'm just mean like. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, probably genetic mutations. Well, who the fuck? They're going to be crazy genetic mutations. I think we're going to see like thalidomide babies. It, it, and it, it like it chaps my ass the fact that like all these fucking uh, political parasites decided to cr- slither their fucking way over to that town afterwards and pretend that they even give one iota of a shit. Yeah, yeah. Trump included, because consider it like unfortunately. This whole, uh, uh, like Biden basically barring the unions from being able to advocate for themselves kind of came off the back of the fact that, in a way, Trump also loosened regulations on the railroad industry, right? So, which allowed them to kind of push things a little bit farther than it should have went. So, it's kind of like one hand washing the other. All right. Your your arms are being held by the Republican while the Democrat bucks in the ass. Uh, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a familiar story. Uh, well, thanks for the information. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, and, no problem, uh, guys. You guys. Thanks for calling night. in. Have a good night. No, no problem. Bye. Okay, kitchen sink is up next. Kitchen sink, are you there? Oh, okay. Hey. Hey. What's on your mind? Oh, just talking about guns with dangerous spaces, but I guess we'll change uh, topics here. Uh, first, I uh, just want to say, long time listener, first time caller. Oh, cool. Oh, thanks for calling in. I've been listening to you. Uh, Matt, you I've listened to since like late 2015, and Blonde, I started wow. listening to you in 2016. Oh, so. man, what a waste of time. Sorry for all that time <laughs> lost. Th- thanks for uh, listening well, for as I long mean, as you, you have. Something to kill to put something in the background, you know? That's true. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I, I've been trying to call in for two years, but I've worked uh, worked nights and uh, uh, and uh, but I got laid off yesterday, so I have a night off. No sh- well, thanks for calling in. I'm sorry to hear it. Uh, Why am I laughing? I, I I'm hope, sorry, uh, no. Well, it's I hope it's a, a door to something new and better. Did you Me like too. that that's, job? That's or I guess, how sad are you to lose the job? Maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Um, I'm not sad to have my nights back, but I am. Uh, just annoyed that I have to go through the uh, anxiety-inducing job search, you know. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe something better will come along. Oh, I'm sure it will. But uh, so what I wanted to bring up tonight was uh, being politically homeless. Oh, cool. So obviously, Democrats are like trash, and <laughs> um, but and the GOP are equally trash. Uh, backstabbers you know uh, no one has a everyone's a cock no one has a spine um so i'll never pull a lever for them again and libertarians are just cringe anymore like uh, because most libertarians it seems are libertines where it's it's not just leave me alone don't touch my purse it's leave me alone don't touch my purse let me touch kids uh touch myself in the street uh <laughs> shit in the street um uh, all this kind of like yeah, it's yeah. just uh, politically acceptable licentiousness is what it's exactly that it was very eloquently stated. It's um, it's freedom for its own sake without the moral core. Yeah, I mean freedom. Right, yeah. Freedom is is a value. Generally speaking, it's a very important one. Um, but if you lack 
the moral core to govern yourself and make good choices yourself, freedom is not necessarily an inherent good in that way. If you if you exercise it to your own destruction or to the destruction of others, that that, that there's no inherent good to that. Yeah, like the the found the uh, I can't remember which founder it was, but they said like particularly about our country, but it's like it's it's made for more religious people and no other can have it, can sustain it. Yeah. And so you take that moral foundation which we got from uh England specifically, but Europe more generally, which had been built for over a thousand years on a Christian morality, like and you strip that undergirding away and then it all eventually it's gonna fall. It's gonna be like Wiley e. Coyote eventually just has to look down and then it's gonna fall. Yeah. But, so what's so your proposal? Uh, okay, yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. What do you do about this, if anything? So uh, the only I mean uh my apologies blonde, but I am a Protestant. Uh but uh my the best hope that I've seen and I don't really put hope in any politics politics but is what was uh is called christian nationalism now a lot of people consider that oh that's just white nationalism with a christian skin on it but um it's basically ordering society in a way that makes it most easy to glorify god and scripturally based it's like according to scripture it is uh all government is a servant of god is a tool in his hands uh specifically i believe it's in romans it says uh the government is a servant of god and the the wicked should fear for uh the government does not bear the sword in vain and so because all magistrates are eventually subject like they are they derive their authority from god himself uh and we like a christian society must submit to that but you can submit to it knowing that you have a high trust society that is built on a written foundation that is uh, timeless. I know, Matt, like you in your Bible study and you've talked about this are looking for that moral f- framework that right. even if you aren't quite there yet, you can be like, OK, I can. This is the mm-hmm. high trust society that I can live in that even like it does not force belief. We're, we're not islamists here mm-hmm. but it can regulate things like all right the sabbath sunday or saturday whenever you practice it can be enforced we're going to take distractions away that distract us from the worship of god we're going to take uh outlaw things okay i hear you and i'm with you but what do we do about the people that are already here um that are clearly not going to go with this be candid. Um, the, the, the only way I can only see, I, honestly, I can only see this working in, at least for the immediate future, in smaller scale communities. So you're talking about national divorce, which is, you know, there's uh, there's no way out of this without a national divorce. I guess in, <coughs> in a way, but I would also say that like a Christian society cannot completely withdraw from the world because we live in the world. No, um, no, I'm not talking about withdrawing from the world. Or- I'm talking about um, annexing the these insane states, and we're going to have to congregate in the same area, and then we're going to have to like build a wall or so. I don't know what we're going to do. It also occurred to me the other day 
that at some point in the near future, we're going to have like 40 million cat ladies we're going to have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, of all the threats we face that that uh, is huge yeah. because what are they going to, sp- they're going to spend all that maternal energy on uh, their dumbass political causes and, uh, and introducing all this propaganda into the next generation of women. It's going to be well, like a 40 million glorious diamond. Obviously point one is repeal the 19th, but that's not going to help us with all these people. Like what are we going to do with 40 million women? Um, that would be the most hilarious genocide ever. Well, I mean, <laughs> so funny. Eventually. I mean, you guys were talking on Sunday. I think it was about a uh, who is that actress that made the video of I'm Chelsea Handler, forty year old cat lady who's yeah. happy about ha- being childless or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I didn't think about the cat ladies, but uh, well. You'll have to iron that one out in your political theory here, and we'll talk about that one next time. Alrighty. Thanks for calling in, and thanks for tuning in. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Okay. Uh, TreeSap has been waiting. Let's get to TreeSap. And, of course, it is the last stream of the month, as was previously mentioned. That means Dangerous Spaces, our call screener, gets a call as well. So we'll have to move it along here a little bit. But TreeSap, uh, are you there? Yeah. Hey. We are a little bit tight on time, so I, I hate to be brief, but we might uh, have to limit to just a minute or two here if that works for yeah, you. Yeah, no worries. Um, so first time call in. I've listened to the show for a long time. Uh, well, thanks for calling. So, Yeah, yeah, you guys are great um, with all the duct tape and everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I basically had a, a pretty quick question, um, and that was I was one of the people who uh, purchased firearm during the unrest in the last few years. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, And I've been thinking about concealed carrying, so I don't know if you have any advice or if it's something that you do um, around that. Uh, you're So you're thinking about concealed carrying. You have not carried. You're not doing it currently. Yeah, right. So, and I mean, you, you know, I got a holster and a gun, but. Oh, I'm so you have right. made the purchase. Okay. Right, right. Yeah. Well, uh, you're going to. Have, the the truth of the matter is there's there's really no right or wrong way. There's the way that works for you and your comfort. And as long there are as you, so many wrong ways to conceal. Well, that, I guess I wouldn't recommend uh, you have a holster. That's step one. I guess there are. Right. What I mean is like assuming holster and uh, the, the where you want to carry uh, on your person, what gun you want to carry, those sorts of questions. I would certainly say, uh, yeah, the old uh, gangster. um unholstered gun in the sweatpants i would not recommend right but as far as uh the rest of the decisions what firearm you want to carry where you want to carry it all of those things um you're it's going to have to take some testing on your part to figure out what is the most comfortable for you and some training on your part to figure out how do i uh balance the issues of comfort and um how proficient i am with my weapon you know um, for me, I started carrying on on my hip when I when I first started carrying because that felt the most natural to me. I've evolved to the manliest way possible, which is appendix carry pointed straight at your nut. And that's as, <laughs> as far as I'm convinced, that's the only way to do it. No safety um, needs it. Uh, well, the holster is your safety. We that's used right. to have a we used to have a caller way back. What was her name? She was in Florida. She always said because back then I had an, an aversion to carrying one in the chamber, too. And she uh, would, Emily, Emily in Florida, one in the chamber for Emily. Yeah. What, what you'll find as you carry is 
you'll get yourself into certain situations and realize, oh, this is actually really uncomfortable or, oh, this doesn't work for me for this reason. I've become fond of a, of appendix carry because uh, I find it to be the most concealable when I'm, you know, in a t-shirt or you know, especially summer clothes. Right. But I also find it to be the most comfortable draw personally. Um, but that that's not necessarily true for everybody. The, the only downside I would say to appendix carry is sitting down is an issue. You get kind of stabbed in the stomach, potentially Ooh. stabbed in the leg a little bit. S- like sitting down at a restaurant can be uncomfortable appendix carrying for me. But I don't know. Other people have figured it out, I guess. Um, to, uh, the, the problem with like carrying on my hip for me is, it, I, to me, it feels like a less natural draw. But it also, even with a concealable gun, I just never felt like I could really get it concealed. It was always printing. It always was kind of this weird lump in my hip that just... It doesn't look right. So I moved on from that. But uh, if you want to follow my path, uh, that's I would say try out appendix and see how it works for you. But but uh, the the real answer is you're just going to have to carry and and figure out what is comfortable for you. And don't skip on the on the training. Make sure that you however you're choosing to carry, um, you know, go to the range, practice some draws, uh, figure out if, if you actually had to draw your weapon in this situation. Could you? And could you do it comfortably and reliably? Right. Practice makes perfect like anything else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, th- yeah. Thanks for can, the advice. Can I ask what firearm selection you made? I got an M&P, not a shield, the 2.0. So oh, okay. The Smith M&P yeah, I've never handled so, one, but I know those have uh, quite the following. I know people like them a lot, so. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Grand Thumb did some torture testing and it pretty much passes well so that's have you uh did you shoot it prior to the purchase or you just picked it up based on the recommendation um i did well so i i shot the uh, the earlier version not the 2.0 ah. but basically same gun so yeah all right well uh good luck and the only other thing i would say is um carry all the time you know don't do the thing where it's right. like oh oh i i only carry in certain situations obviously don't break the law or don't put yourself that's up to you if you break the law. Let me put it that way. I'm not advocating that you break the law. But what I am saying is if you want to develop that comfort and figure out what works best for right. you, it's it's sort of an everyday thing. It's all the time. So do you like carry at home, for example? Um, I do not. Okay. I'm trying to uh, the only reason I'm hesitating a little bit is because like, oh, well, how sorry. wise it is for me. How wise is yeah. is it for me to describe my entire strategy? <laughs> it's the calling yeah. show. Who cares? People aren't gonna find this. Um <laughs> And you have strategically hidden weapons all over yeah, your house. I have, I have a home defense strategy. Uh, that, I won't say more than that. Right. But I don't... Okay. Um, no, for the, for the sake of public perception, I carry at home. <laughs> <laughs> he carries while he's sleeping. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, there's, okay. I double fist guns everywhere all the time. Um, right. No, I don't. Obviously, gotcha. I, treat, I treat my home security as yeah. seriously as... I, I'm one step above the Pelosi's. Not, I, you know, I'm not uh, an incredibly, an incredibly That's wealthy man, not great. I'm, but I'm one step above the Pelosi's. If, if, if David DePap came into my house, he would have a tougher time than he did with Paul. Well, you're not elderly either. So. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> uh, and that's great, man. I, I, I'm really glad to hear it. Uh, so congratulations on uh, taking that step. And uh, well, the only other thing I'll ask you is what are your thoughts on one in the chamber? Are you doing it or are you not? Yeah, so I mean, this is why I was asking because I was trying to carry at home. I got some, you know, kids, um, and mm-hmm. so I was trying to also get them kind of used to seeing it more often too. Ah, you know, um, okay. 
And so, at, so far, I've only been carrying at home um, with nothing in it, basically, but well, just to kind of get used to it. But that's a yeah, well, that's I mean, an interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting strategy. I hadn't even. I guess that's not something I did, but that makes sense. Rather than rather than experimenting out in public, just wear it around the house and figure out what works for you in the in the in home situation and and work from there. Right. So yeah. Anyway, well, so I, I I interrupted your answer though. One in the chamber, no one in the chamber, you say, because you're at home. Yeah, no, I mean, I plan yeah. on it. I, yeah. I kind of, I don't know, kind of want to build up to it. But yeah, that's that's the plan. Um, so. All right. Well, uh, congratulations. It's a, it's a good step. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, man. Bye. Okay. Last call from Dangerous Spaces. Dangerous Spaces, last call of the month. Hello. Sorry, just one second. Just to sure. the stream. Uh, awesome. Uh, sorry, just quickly, I, I'm really bad at my job and didn't think about the fact that this was the last call and show for the week because it's uh, of the month because it's February. So you could probably skip my question if you want. It is a different topic. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that. Up, I was going to so. say, I'm going to rip Dangerous Spaces, trying to double up, trying to get a call <laughs> and an email question. That son of a bitch. <laughs> I wake up in the middle of the night because it doesn't matter why, but wake up in the middle of the night and like, Oh crap! It's February. There is no 29th of February this year. What am I doing? That's true. So sorry did you, about that. So did you want to talk about it. this topic or something else? The no, topic it's a of different your email. Question. It is a different topic. I'm gonna than what I'm gonna do here. Okay. Uh, and okay. also those those last two calls. I know one said it. I don't know if they both did. Uh, both of those last two calls were new, and we've got two other new people by the looks. But yeah, that was cool. In the thing. So again, encouragement for any new people. Give it a go. Try to get in. I usually get most people in after three or four times. So. Uh, shouldn't have to wait too long before you get onto a call, but yeah, always want to encourage new callers. So. Well, uh, yeah, I appreciate anyway. it. And it looks like it's working out. So that's good to, it's always nice to hear from, uh, from new people calling in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyway, I just wanted to check, uh, did you guys ever really read, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the story. Did you guys ever read uh, Roald Dahl uh, yeah. as kids? Yeah, I did not, but I've seen they're doing some. What are they? They're cleaning it up because it's too mean or something like that. They're doing some. Are they wokeifying this? Something God. like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you, Blonde, have you not seen the story? I saw it like a little bit on Tucker, but I was distracted, so I didn't watch the whole thing. Wasn't paying attention. Yeah, they're basically re- redoing the language, which is really. But the really whole irritating. thing is the language. Well, that's the thing. That's the really irritating thing. Roald Dahl was very. Uh, is always been very descriptive in his always, I'd say, like he's still alive, was always very descriptive in his books. Uh, that was the whole point. The language was very evocative. It was describing that, you know, it was um, it, it was used to really kind of hammer home the point and, and uh, paint a picture, I suppose, is the way I'm trying to articulate it. And so the fact that they're trying to mute the language and, and really cut it down is going to be like, well, and I saw someone, I can't remember who I saw, it might have been on the Lotus Eaters, but someone was making a really good point that you are basically changing the, you're changing who the person is. You're not just changing their works. You're changing yeah. a person, how they've expressed themselves, and you're changing who they are. You know, you're changing the history of things. You're changing all these horrible things, and it's just so painful. My favourite one is probably Orwell, though, that they're rewriting Orwell's 1984 for modern audiences. <laughs> You're kidding. Because apparently they don't see the irony in that. Oh, my God. Is that true? Is this true? 
Um, I don't know what the specific details are, but I have seen the story floating around a little bit. Yeah. That well, you can't believable. rewrite somebody's literature, and that's never going to work. So, but it's just painful. And I'm just curious what you guys think of that because I'm getting so sick of it, It's why I don't like digital stuff these days because, you know, there was. Do you guys watch Community at all or have you watched Community when it was running? I've not. A long time ago. Sorry, Matt, I didn't hear that. No, I, I haven't. I haven't seen it. So, so basically, it's a it's a show set in a community college. It's uh, slightly surreal, but just close and just not quite. Like it's it's right up to the box of surreal. It's but it is still within um, reality, so to speak. It's hard to explain. But there was an episode. Uh, it's a comedy. There was an episode where they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, and it's actually it's kind of um, for a guy that's actually suicidal. So to kind of book in the first call you guys took um it's it's very simplistic in the way it handles it but there's a suicidal guy um gives away his dungeons and dragon books to one of the cast members uh basically saying i won't need them anymore which for anyone out there that's kind of um it's a sign of of suicide as people trying to give away uh, giving away their stuff because obviously in their mind they won't need it anymore so they play this game of dungeons and dragons and one of the characters is basically in blackface as a dark elf and place, you know, place like Netflix freaked out and removed the episode for basically for you know um, being hateful. But it's like you're literally removing a show addressing suicide because some guy wore blackface as a joke, and everyone commented on. One of the characters literally said, "No, no one's going to talk about the hate crime that's happening right in front of us." Like as a as a sort of you know joking remark. Yeah, and it's like I'm just sick of this stuff of, of rewriting things and. And changing what things are, and you know, it's just painful. I'm sorry, I shouldn't read the chat while I'm on call. Yes, Hector the Well Endowed is from that episode. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, it, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate in that it disrespects the work of the author, of course, but it's also unfortunate in, in that it's another effort of the the erasure of history. Whether or not yeah. the people who did these things were morally right or wrong, and certainly I, I don't much believe that there's a lot of moral wrongdoing to do in writing fiction in general. Um, e- even if they are wrong, it's important to understand those pieces of history. And and when we delete them, right? E- even if they were mistakes, it's important to learn from those mistakes, to study those mistakes, not just... Uh, we do this in all sorts of contexts, whether it's literature or whether it's statues or whether it's whatever else. The the, the past was offensive, so we should erase it. Oh, okay. But that is one thing that annoys me is the idea that, um, well, if you get rid of the thing that you think is wrong, what's to stop people repeating it? Because they don't have an example to look back at and go, that example is wrong, and so we shouldn't redo it. Like, mm-hmm. it seems such an annoyingly stupid and short-sighted way of doing things yeah yeah well i i didn't have uh i i've never read i i had no prior exposure to this particular book this uh, i i can't even what's the title of it the uh well it's a series of books like he writes a whole heap like the matilda movie was uh a roald darwin charlie and the chocolate factory uh james and the giant peach the witches there's there's like there's heaps of books that he's written Okay, so uh, I'm familiar again, with some of those stories or at least like movie adaptations of them, if not the books. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But again, the, the what, whole what did point they have is to the language... Is just, 
it, it was just the language is mean or the characters are mean? Was it even are racial? Are they trying to make or... it more inclusive? Or are they going to slip some tranny stuff in there? Well, for example, with the witches, um, they're kind of wearing wigs because their true form is they're actually bald. And oh. there's a whole thing of, you know, um, go ahead and try and rip you know, wigs off because, yeah, and see what happens when you try to do that to someone. Or I don't remember how the wording goes. It's worded much better than I can do it. it again, he's a very good writer. Um, but the, the new version is something along the lines of, well, there's different reasons why people might wear wigs. It's like, what the hell does that even mean? That's that changes the context of what's being said there. Right. Like, wow, was it even? Who cares if different people wear wigs for different reasons? Yeah, that's, that's uh, not the point of the dialogue. And that's a, that's another layer of sensitivity too. We're getting we're getting deep into it. Deep into it. Yeah. All right. But well, I, I I would probably encourage you at least have a bit of a look. Maybe see if you can you know find find. I don't know if you go like to library or anything like that. Maybe have a look at it because it's really good kids books. They're really excellent language. I would, you know I would encourage people to try to get hold of copies before they start changing them because i don't think they've done it yet it's going to take a little <laughs> bit of time to kind of yeah. you know work its way through but all right well thank you for the call and thank you for all your help as usual yeah no worries no worries. have a great uh, day, a day down under thank you you guys a have a good, good day we'll talk you might to you yeah true a good talk to you day. in a few weeks See bye okay thanks to all our callers tonight appreciate it uh if you we're not able to make it in live tonight or you'd like to participate in the show, but you can't do it live. Of course, you can send us an email question. And the way to do that is through the contact page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call-in show question form. We'll answer those questions at the end of the stream each week, as we will right now. Cheesemaker says, if you can learn the exact truth about one of these deaths, which would you choose? Hitler, JFK, or Epstein? Ooh, JFK. My... Knee-jerk reaction is Epstein, but I think that's because it's, you know, I mean, that might be recency bias. That might be just it's part of my life that I, I have to know what happened there. Well, the exact truth. So when I when I say I want to know about what happened to Epstein, I mean, like the method of death, but I also mean the entire list of who was involved. I don't think that any of that would be surprising. Whereas I think the JFK thing, I think that there's some some surprise. Who do you think it was? The CIA or something? Probably. I used to think that people that believe that were retards. And now I think that people that don't believe it are retards. So, <laughs> um, and then Hitler, that is one of the only World War II narratives that I actually believe. Well, is the idea that he uh, survived actually and went to South America or something? I don't know. I've heard that. Or, or is that just he was killed. The manner of his death is disputed. Is that the angle? Yeah. Okay. I guess so. I still want to know about Epstein. I want to know what the cameras saw but didn't record. Matt's cousin, which do you think has been worse for our country? Black Lives Matter or the LGBT community? I think undoubtedly it's the LGBTQ community. Really? I was going to take BLM, but. Okay. I'll, I'll make a. Okay. So while Black Lives Matter is a terrible force um doing awful things for race relations the gender thing is more insidious i think mm. it affects the nuclear family more yeah i i see where you're coming my my gut reaction on that was like well look at the billions of dollars in damage look at the the 2020 riots and everything destroyed and cities on fire what about this tranny kids thing but it is a yeah it is a, a difference and the lgbt community 
I mean, when I when I think of the worst damage, I think of the worst of the activists. I will clarify a little bit. Um, I'm talking about the people who want to promote drag queen story hour. I'm talking about the people who right. want to transition children. I'm talking about the people who want to erase the distinction between men and women or act like the union of men and women doesn't matter. It's it's there's no distinction between men and women, whether it's in a gay relationship or in a transgender context or anything like that. I think that you're right that the damage of erasing those distinctions over the long term is probably more significant than even the the fiery but most mostly peaceful summer of 2020. I just the flames immediately came to to mind and it's like <laughs> right. Yeah, that 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 is highly destructive, but the other stuff is a longer game. And you're probably right about that. Sand uh, N-word. <laughs> if you could Okay, he asks, if you could live anywhere on planet Earth outside of the USA, where would you live and why? Hmm. Um, I would live in Hungary because Victor Orban is doing some good things, although he wouldn't, um, I wouldn't be included in any of those things. I'm not a, a national. However, uh, it's a country that is somewhat stable. It has a European vibe without the stuff that I hate about Europe. They have the migrant issue under control. I wouldn't stand out because most people are white. Um, and it's beautiful and it seems like it's well run. I guess I have to take these things. I have to take the countries as they currently exist. Not like I have to accept all of their politics and all that. That's part of the premise of this. Yeah. Because if I have to if I have to take all of that, if I have to take the politics of all these other countries, I, I really don't want to leave the U S even as many with all the problems I see here. That's not the question. I know I'm not trying to dodge, but if I had, if, if I could reform the politics elsewhere, I think it'd be awesome to live in Australia, but I don't want to get put in the camp. That's not the question either. (laughs) Okay. So I have to leave the U S it's like, where the hell to live in another country as it is now, where the hell would I go? Uh, Every other place has problems as bad or worse. Japan. I guess. I, I don't know. You would. I, I, well, you're married. So I was going to say you would Japan, Japan. I mean, I can't even handle like, I can't even handle major U.S. cities. If, if I went to these giant Asian cities. You'd get used to it. I don't I'm, That's just too, that's too crowded for me. I'd lose my mind. Can I live like, can I do the Tom Cruise thing and live with the samurai in the mountains? No. I'll do that. Do they still exist? Are they still around? What a bullshit answer. (laughs) There's I'm being as truthful as possible. There's no other country that I long to live in outside of this one. If Canada wasn't so insane, I I could be a gold miner and I could be the richest gold miner in Somalia, assuming I can afford the security to repel the pirate, uh, the pirate army. Look at this next name. This is wholesome. Oh man. Jacques Strap. Really tried with that one. Jacques <laughs> Strap. That was clever. Have either of you watched the redacted channel on YouTube? Excellent resource for stories the mainstream media ignores. Some great reporting on how falsely the mainstream media reports on Ukraine war. I think I've seen some videos. I've never heard of it, so I'll have to check Is it out. Is YouTube still doing this thing where no matter what you watch, Jordan Peterson, it autoplays after for you? Basically anything I watch, it it it, it sends it, it redirects to Fox News or maybe some Jordan Peterson stuff. Um, yeah, I mean that that frustrates me as a viewer because if I'm watching someone's material and I watch the video all the way through, 
it it should stand to reason that I would like to watch more of their content. Um, but it frustrates me as someone who makes the content too, because it's like you're telling me I I earned an entire view front to back, and you're rewarding that by directing the traffic to Fox News. So not only am I at a competitive disadvantage with these people just financially, budget wise, all of those things, but you're taking what traffic I do earn and handing it over to them. So I'm actually subsidizing yeah. them rather than the other way around. Or I, yeah. can I at least subsidize myself? Can I at least keep the the view that I've earned? No. No. Nope. Anyway, uh Globo no homo. That's a $40,000 <laughs> fine. I was talking to an atheist friend and he argued that you can't make a strictly non-religious moral argument for having children that is not predicated on a selfish biological desire to pass on your own genes. He said all non-religious arguments for having kids boil down to biological selfishness. How would you counter this claim without resorting to religion? That's a lot of, there's a lot for me to process there. You can't make an argument for and you can't make a non-religious argument for having kids that is not predicated on a selfish biological desire. Well, I'm not, I guess I'm not sure I, I would necessarily argue against that. A, a human survival, to the extent that we grant that human val, uh, human life has value, whether you consider that a, a moral... Yeah, procreation is the modus operandi of the species. If I have to yeah. eliminate biological incentives and religious incentives, like... Can I make this argument? No, probably not. Well, what you're asking to do with that argument is is to accept that there are premises on the moral chain higher than human life. Right. And I don't know necessarily what those would be. Uh, I guess I know it's not necessarily satisfying to, to counter with no you. But if you're telling me that that human life is not the base of the moral framework, the value of human life, and you work from there. Uh, this is an extension of that. That is to say, you you preserve human life by recreating it, and well, there's moral value in that. What what else? What what's the higher moral value that we're pursuing by not doing that? Yeah, yeah. And I've always thought this argument is retarded because I had kids because I wanted to give them my love. Like having children is a it's a it's the ultimate act of love not selfishness right selfishness is not having children like when you want to share the love and the joy of life and your family with other people that's when you have children yeah it's a gift and it's a, a great personal sacrifice it's, for the parents it's a gift for which i'm thankful to my parents and and right. it's a gift i'm happy to give to my son and i hope that he'll be thankful for it in the future yeah right um I guess the, the way I would respond to this is is trying to understand what the fundamental premise in this moral framework is here. My, my moral, my fundamental premise is that that human life has inherent value. If we don't agree that that is the starting point for this moral framework, then I I don't know. I'd have to know what the framework is that this guy's operating from. Um, without sort of some agreement on that base level, I don't know that you can yeah. do much. I can't steal man this position. So. Uh, yeah, I, I hate to kind of. I know I'm kind of punting there, but I just. It's it's like, uh, I don't know, what's a. I don't know, make the non <laughs> make the non scientific argument that the sky is 
red or something like that. You know, it's like you're I don't you're asking me to to abandon a fundamentally true premise uh and and replace it with something else. Right, exactly. I know I'm not explaining that the best way I could, but it's rattled my brain in a way that uh I I can't work around it. I have to just um, I have to reject the premise that he's operating from. That's, that's I'm the with only you way there. I'm with you. This is Irish Catholic Caliphate Supreme Joe Biden and his I'm in my office. I can't do the usual bit question. Why don't you all move out to Wyoming already? If you think you're going to get pushed out places like Sheridan, Buffalo, Cody are great and probably would uh, both of you be very would be the places both of you would be looking for. I would stay away from Laramie Cheyenne. Casper's all right, but very blue collar. Jackson is Jackson. Thoughts on moving here on the state itself. Also, some more incentive is that we have no state income tax. Um, because I like to live somewhere until I'm I'm basically going to get murdered if I live there any longer, like <laughs> Seattle. Okay. Um, I'm not just going to do this thing of like preemptively leaving somewhere. And then I'm I'm well established here. I've been here for five years. I have an excellent core group of friends. I own some properties. It's like I don't. I just can't up and leave. I moved my whole family out here. I, I can't leave. Uh, it definitely could happen for my family in the next five or so years. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's a lot of part, a lot of parts of Wyoming. I really like um, when we drove over to the black Hills summer before prior, like I mentioned earlier, I really don't get out to um, like Sheridan out in the Bighorn mountains is really cool. Uh, Cody. I like, I, I love the Tetons. I looked on and Zillow I, uh, at Cody the other day and it was like... Even Cody time. is outlandish. Yeah. That's bad. I, I will always love Jackson. It's an incredible place. The Tetons are unbelievably beautiful, but I could never live there. Even the cost being... Even aside from the cost being well beyond anything I could, I could afford, um, the politics are a little haywire. But the, the reason that we don't do it now... Well, it... it is because uh, I think that the the time for my family to do it is going to be better in the next couple of years here, uh, both because I think it's a foolish time to uh, get. Well, it might not be the worst time to buy a house because it's not maybe like the peak of the market that we saw a few months ago or a year ago. Right. But it's also a tough time to borrow money as they keep jacking up interest rates. So my family's kind of in a position where we have enough space to work with for our family size now. If I have more kids, then we're we're tight on space. But for the moment, it's like don't don't count your chickens before they hatch, and yeah. don't go taking out a loan at a, at a at an interest rate that might not be justified, or buy a house at a value that might not I be justified yeah. right now. So my strategy, it's not anything against uh, uh, Wyoming or other places. It's just um, to make a major financial move in your life. My bet is it'll be better in a couple years time. Maybe that's stupid because it always gets worse before it gets worse. But I look at the, the current state of the market in terms of both the cost of housing and the cost of borrowing money and think, mm, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I bet there's greener pastures if I, if I hold off for a minute. Yeah. I'm obsessed with this idea of downsizing and my husband is not into it. Yeah. I got to upsize. Yeah, that's what he says. He's like, I'm so tall. We're not moving into a smaller house. I'm like, but if we moved in to a 900 square foot, like, I, like studio, what? you know, like a, like a, like a shipping container home or something, then we could sell our house and we would have no 
debt. Like no well, mortgage. Well, that's the dream. Yeah. I, I, if, Whose if, wife is trying to get them to downsize? I'm like, we need less <laughs> space. Yeah. I don't know. Our house is only 2,000 square feet and we don't use half of it. It's like that's the dream of living in middle of nowhere, Wyoming, is maybe I, yeah. could, maybe I could afford to live debt free. Yep. I just yep. got to figure out how to get an internet connection there. Work harder, Elon Musk. Make Starlink better. <laughs> yeah, really. All right. Tucker says, when I talk to people around me in rural Idaho about topics like abortion, hard drug use, and transgender surgeries, usually I get the reply that, quote, they would never let their kids participate in these behaviors, but don't care if a stranger chooses that lifestyle. If people can understand why a behavior is bad for their own children, why do they feel they can't morally condemn it for others? Are they actually a good neighbor uh, or person if they only promote good morals to their children and not to others? Thanks. That's um, Yeah, totally. Yeah, you've identified uh, an important issue there. And that, that actually, you're, the, the argument that you're implicitly making was formative for me on the abortion issue itself. Because formerly I was that kind of guy of like, well, I, I would never abort my own child. Of course, I don't think there was any point in my life when I would have. But who am I to tell someone else right. how to live? That was my former, former perspective until you start thinking about it. Well, I would never murder my wife as she sleeps. But if the neighbor next door murders his wife, well, who am I to intervene? Well, no, that's uh, that is a moral wrong. We should seek justice. Depends if the wife was a mouthy bitch. I see you thinking that's, about. Well, it. but you know, I'm really into true crime, and it's like every time one of these wives gets murdered, like not every time, but like I'd say forty percent of the time they've done something where they were like really yeah. riding the line about whether whether or not they deserved it. Well, the point is, yeah, the, the point of of this thinking is clearly it's not absolute. Clearly, we don't say I would never do this. Correct. But if someone else does it, who am I? So the question it's the is the entire where, point of law. Like, yeah, where is that line? How do you define line? that line? Clearly, there are. It's why I also hate the the phrase "you can't legislate morality." Well, clearly you can. The reason we it's we under, yeah. the clear the, to the extent that pursuing justice is a moral value. That's what we're doing. That's why we make murder illegal. We've decided that is a. Not we've decided that's the wrong way of phrasing it. It is a moral wrong. And so we've committed ourselves to seeking justice when it happens. Um, same thing here. I mean, when you're talking about an abortion, uh, if you're if you're talking about snuffing out that unique human life. Are the moral implications there of similarly significant importance that you ought to intervene, both as a matter of just your just culturally and the way you interact with others, but perhaps as a matter of law um, in a way of seeking justice for that life that was exterminated. I was watching the news earlier today. It is a, a slight tangent, but I'll be quick um, in all these states. This was in Louisiana where uh, abortion is, as far as I understand, largely uh, illegal now in the post Dobbs world. And that has implications for the training of OBGYNs at right. this med school in Louisiana because they can't train with the sort of uh, as far I, I don't know this method of abortion they basically put like a giant uh, like a turkey baster looking thing in there and suck it out yeah but it's they a can't surgical abortion but they can't train in a live setting because that's not legal in Louisiana anymore so they're doing it with fruit they take these big turkey baster things and they start poking it into fruit, trying to extract the seeds in a gentle way. And the, the Orwellian Why can't language, they do it with DNCs? I don't know. They, they were saying that they're legally implicated if they do it the old way. And the, well, the no, but but uh, women have to have DNCs for miscarriages all the time. Why? Why can't they just 
it's because this was a virtue signal. It's not the same thing, but you know, it's the same procedure. It's not the same thing morally, but the methods might be similar or 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 even uh, identical. Uh, But the Orwellian language in this piece, they were the the doctor woman who was running this training for doctors in training was talking about extracting the uterine con- uh, contents, I think is, is how she phrased it. We have to extract the uterine contents. That's what you're talking about when you're talking about a, a, a child in development, a, a unique well, set fair, of human they DNA. say that all the time about various ailments of the uterus. Maybe, maybe that's more common medical jargon than I realize, but to me that you're talking about you know, what is a unique person there, uh, yeah. not just uterine contents. But it is uterine contents. Well, I guess in, in the same way that they're just train contents, you know. Yeah, but that was literally on my <laughs> chart after I gave birth. It, it, what was? Of uh, like removing like the the I had a retained placenta, and so they were like um, insufficient uh, removal of uterine contents. But they weren't referring to your daughter. No, but it is common medical jargon. It sounds like it's propaganda but i think in this case it's probably not i think it's i think it's propaganda to refer to the 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 person in that way yeah okay they're, they're doing it to be to make it seem like the placenta and the uh the fetus or the infant are the same thing right okay and they're clearly distinct but anyway um yeah i i, I think that we should have obviously more moral clarity on 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 intervening we should think about the if i if i wouldn't do it for my kids or my family why not and if there's a a clearly solid reason why not maybe i ought to be more honest with my neighbors about that you shouldn't do it you shouldn't do that either and if you do that's bad that's the fundamental problem with libertarianism uh i I know we talk about this ad nauseum but uh you really have to have a moral cohesion in a country for it to be fully functional and that can't be entirely established based on law Law needs to be a reflection of people's moral character in the country. Um, So I I get where you're coming from, but like it needs to be enshrined in the consciousness in some way. And and that's the other side of it. It, 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 Clearly the idea that my, whatever my neighbor does is none of my business is not absolute in the same way. Mm -hmm. It's, it's also not absolute to think that we could use the force of law to install that sort of moral integrity in people in the way that you're describing the, the, right. the only way to do this realistically is exactly uh, what the, the question asker is saying that, that it has to be made a part of our, our conscience uh, right. and, and that we all have to make these decisions and make the right decisions for their own sake, not have, you know, not by, it's not going to, you, you want to make these decisions because you have a moral core that guides them, not because the government is telling you to do it. Uh, but, but you know, I don't know. At the same time, if you, if you commit injustice, that's the role of the justice system too. I don't know. It's, that's true. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we, we have to, we have to get more clear on these topics. Anyway, I'm talking, talking in circles. So did you read? I hope that partially uh-huh. answers your question, Tucker. Um, yell uh, more shame, bring back shame. Right. That's the answer. As always. Um, Canon, I'm from a very religious Christian background. So is my wife or cousin, 20 year old male came out as gay two years ago, moved in with this disgusting pederast in his fifties in a nearby big city. His parents, a little to stop him. Now he's a suicidal drug addict, no license because of DUIs lives at home again. No job. If that was their youngest daughter in the same situation with an old man, 
I know they would have drug her home, kicking and screaming. My questions are, why don't they protect their young son the way they would their daughter? And why are Christians so terrified to deal with LGBTQ degeneracy, like the old drug peddling pederast? Thank you mm. both. Um, I think that there, appropriately, there is a parental attitude, especially in Christian communities, uh, that men have more agency than women. Uh, and I think that that's good. And so they're probably like, well, he's more able to make his his own decisions than a daughter would be. And they're right about that. But that kind of gets turned on its head when you introduce male sexual degeneracy. I don't know why, now that I'm saying it out loud, but it does. I don't know this family, obviously, and I don't know the circumstances. So I'd, I'm taking your invitation to speculate with the acknowledgement that I could be entirely wrong. And they probably don't want to get judged by other Christians. Um, that that was going to be my guess as to why is that you would fear the reaction of, well, to the prior question, the reaction of your neighbors, your community, maybe extended family, that you would be viewed as the heavy-handed bigot parent who refused to allow his gay son the lifestyle that is his that he was born into, or however you view it. Uh, I, I guess I can understand that social pressure, but man, just if, if that is what's happening, and again, I don't know that it is, but if that is what's happening, that that a father would, uh, and and really a mother too. I don't mean to say it's exclusively dad's domain, but dads generally handle these these sorts of areas where where you would surrender to social pressure in terms of what your neighbors think, um, over the welfare of your son. That's a shame. This really isn't pederasty either. Or, or maybe it's uh yeah, I suppose that applies to teens, right? But it's a it's a it's a big age gap in this relationship. I guess the way I'm thinking about this though, because this this does relate to the prior question, so I'm trying to square my thoughts here. On the one hand, I think we we ought to be more culturally forceful in how we think about these these moral terms. Um but if that's what's happening here, that's kind of what it that's what's going on in the reverse direction. If they are in fact uh, tolerating this because they feel like there's some social pressure to do that, then that is exactly the dynamic that that emailer Tucker was asking about, just the opposite way. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess the solution is uh, is is shame back, shame everybody else. No, <laughs> it ain't against the law. Ho, fuck you, whatever. Uh, I don't know. I, I yeah, I'd be. I'd, that would be my guess, though. I'm going to guess that it's social it's it's social forces that that they're afraid of facing if they were viewed as the the bigot parents. Yeah. Nope. I suppose there's also the fear of potentially losing your son. And by that, I mean, just like your son decides that you're the bigot parent and disappears from your life. Well, haven't you already kind of lost your son in that situation? Potentially. It sounds like it. Thank God. I'd rather deal with a heroin addict son than a gay son and then Hmm. dealing with a gay heroin addict son what a nightmare Hmm. your turn snow ape dan uh, Dan says if our right to self-defense is given to us by god at what point does offensive use become justified defending a neighbor from a burglar a neighborhood from a rioting arsonist a city from a terrorist with a chemical bomb well i would still say that to the extent those are ongoing crimes in progress they're still defensive in nature your reaction to it yeah, it I might agree. not be self-defense purely in the context of your neighbor with the burglar. Um, but if your neighborhood is under attack, rioting arsonists, I mean, that's to some extent self-defense. If you're, if a terrorist is going to blow up your city, that's self-defense. 
um it, it's it's if there's a if there's a, a a a threat of lethal force in progress and you might even make this you might even make the argument that it, sh- it might not even have to be lethal force the threat of property damage or theft you should be able to intervene um but i guess my distinguishing factor would be crime in progress yes and maybe even that has blurry lines because you could get into the Ahmad Arbery stuff where it's like yeah. Yeah. there was suspicion of crime in progress. There was, uh, you know, they, they chased him down um, themselves. And of course, what happened is what happened. But I, I mean, I would say that if you if you're if you see a crime happen, you witness a crime, you are morally justified in intervention that I think that's pretty much the broad standard. Okay. Uh, anti-liberal. Um, not sure you've been following Carl Benjamin's trajectory, but within the past year, he's rejected liberalism without time and embraced more illiberal, illiberal thinkers such as uh, Evola and Carl Schmidt. He's become a frequent guest on Academic Agents Channel and is generally engaging in more illiberal spheres of thought. I'm curious if you followed him at all and whether or not you have engaged with these ideas yourself, would you be willing to the populist delusion by Nima Parvini AKA academic agent is an excellent intro. Um, I have, yeah. I mean, I was doing a lot of this about two years ago, three years ago. I'm glad to see that, that he's coming around. It sure did take a while. I, I don't know any of, I know who Carl Benjamin is, obviously the rest of the people I don't know. And so I, I don't know the philosophy. So I kind of have to punt this question just cause I'm unfamiliar with all of it. Uh, but, but of Julius course, Evil, I believe he's the, uh, is the ride the tiger uh, hmm. philosopher. Of course, I try to be open to understanding any of these things. And so if, if there was someone to talk to about it, I'd be, I'd be open to that. I don't have any academic re- agent is your man. I don't have any, I don't have any automatic embrace or rejection of these things without understanding of exactly what they are. Um, do you have a sense of what, what the question asker means by illiberal or what this philosophy entails? Well, I think that, uh, Sargon, he always had this adherence to classical liberalism with a touch of libertarianism. But Evola, his book, Ride the Tiger, it was more about adapting to a failing society. And so I think that probably the reference being made here is that, I don't know, but that um, Sargon's getting a little bit more realistic about not being able to save uh, the West. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. I had to, I, I wasn't able to answer that thoroughly, but uh, if you, if you're able to provide a little more um, of the philosophical elements of that, perhaps I can, I can answer it next time. Thanks for the question. Ashwin uh, says, yo guys, I hope you're well. I've noticed a trend among paleocon Christian con and similar factions of the right wingosphere of endorsing leftist ta- uh, tactics, but decrying the leftist messaging. Is this something that you've seen? Uh, e.g. an endorsement of cancel culture, et cetera, for people who disagree with conservative ideas. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a it's a classic sort of debate on this show. I mean, uh, how frequently have have we had some iteration of that conversation between ourselves? Um, the, the, the idea of fighting with fire or fighting fire with fire. I think that's mm-hmm. generally your position. And my position most often is, yeah, but I don't want a society that's on fire. I want everybody right. to put right. down the torches. And the response to that is, the torches are there whether you like them or not. So pick one up or get burned. Um, mm-hmm. 
yeah, I, I, I think that's something that comes up. For, well, another good example is the is the the big titty tranny teacher. Yeah. Um, is that that's is that if that's what that guy is doing, which is embracing the most ridiculous aspect of what they've done, the weaponization of these sexual politics and things to try to fight it. That's what he's doing really is fighting fire with fire. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know, man. Uh, over Obviously, I'm, I tend to be resistant to that idea because the whole point of why I oppose these people is p- because I believe they are in moral violation. But that's that's kind of what war ultimately becomes, isn't it? It's like we have to oppose what the other side is doing because of their moral violation and to succeed and to achieve that ultimately moral end. We have to get in the trenches of war, which necessarily includes all sorts of unsavory things. It does um, indeed. I I don't want any of that, but I also don't want to have the future for my son decided by these degenerates. So you have to, at some point you have to decide what sacrifices are worth making. Mm-hmm. And I've decided it's big, big teddy tranny teacher. That's the sacrifice <laughs> that is worth making to see to it that the future is, uh, is one of high prospect for my son. I don't know. Did you have any uh, do you f- uh, thoughts on that? I know we, we talk about it frequently, but, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just willing to compromise my sense of morality to win. I just think it's more important. I'm just not going to go down with the ship on this one. I'm not. But there are ways to um, enforce your sense of morality while still using immoral tactics. That's where you and I disagree. I just don't think you need to become the bad things you do. And we just have to really, really be careful about, yeah. about not becoming that monster. Yeah, um, well, and... That is uh, that is the challenge. Uh, very few people achieve that. I I did the bad stuff for only so long as was necessary to achieve the end, and then no more. Right, and uh, that's not impossible, you know, uh, but not impossible, but very difficult. Am I up or are you up? Uh, me. Saul Anon says, um, with regards to the movie reviews, I think it's a disservice to only include good in the subjective sense. Movies. Blonde is no doubt familiar with the schlock that exists, especially thanks to Red Letter Media. I do uh, love Red Letter Media. Matt, though, has not truly witnessed the beauty of a terrible movie, perhaps skewing his previous rankings lower than they would otherwise be. How would you feel about changing the wild card to include the top 100 worst IMD movies? No. <laughs> this oh, way, Matt man. can realize what a true one wiki film is. Perhaps you could also include a review once a quarter and watch some of the worst ranked films from either Matt and Blonde to see if anything's changed. Also, to any future movie pickers in the audience. If they go through with something like that, I'm suggesting, I'm recommending throwing in some of the stinkers into your list just to mix it up. Um, I do think that some of the movies we watch are legitimately bad, like Dogma. I think that was a legitimately bad movie. I understand that there are movies that are like low budge and what they do on review. It's like some of those movies are, are kind of intentionally bad, like they're they're kind of hokey and stuff. But there's something uniquely bad about a film that people think is good that's high budget, that's actually trash. Yeah, it's called Blade Runner. I can't with you right now. <laughs> I would watch I Dogma a hundred times before Blade Runner once. That that makes me want to slit your throat. <laughs> I understand why people get so mad about the movie thing, because I hear you say stuff like that, and I'm like, I, I'm going to come to um, Bozeman. Like, I'm, I'm just, I can't take it. I, don't get me wrong. I love a good, terrible movie. And, um, well, I would, I, first, of like all, this. first of all, I would agree with what you said that, that, I genuinely hate the movies that I give ones and, and I he have does, seen, yeah. I have seen bad low budget, 
like objectively crap movies. And in ways I kind of like them more when they're so bad that they're good. You know what I mean? Um, I wouldn't, necess- connoisseur. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to getting that into the mix, but it's very, the only way to do it, I think would be the, the way the, the question was posed. You, you make it as sort of like a, a risk of the wild card, because yeah. if people are voting on worst of the worst, that's just, that's hard to do because a lot of these movies are very obscure too. When you're talking about like the worst ever people haven't even seen them necessarily. The, the only other problem, it's not a problem. What's, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? Um, probably outside of Blade Runner, you mean? Yeah. Probably Cuck. Cuck is... See, that is a deliberately... That's yeah. like a bad movie. And it, But Cuck is so bad in many ways that it it's impossible to enjoy the badness. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty recent movie if people haven't seen it. Uh, the only thing I'll say if people want to watch Cuck, which is about... Uh, like a, a, caric- a caricature of a guy who becomes a right-wing YouTuber but then gets outed as a cuck. Yeah. Uh, it does have, like, I wouldn't say it's straight-up hardcore porn, but Ugh. way too close. Like, don't watch this in a... Don't watch it at an airport. Don't watch it at school. Any of that. I watched it at home, and there's a couple scenes where I was like, what the fuck? This is... Yeah, you, you can't... Just be forewarned. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's probably the worst movie I've ever seen. The, the only, I don't know that it's a problem because we're almost two years into the movie bit at this point. So it's allowed to evolve over time. But of course the, uh, the, the fundamental idea that, that uh, started it was to gain those sorts of uh, cultural references. And right. usually you're not getting those from the terrible movies, but that's not so bad if you have a one-off terrible movie every once in a while. I don't know. I could, I could think about how to implement that, but it obviously would not be very common. It's like one of those fifth Sunday type bits. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for the thoughts. Did I read that one? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Gilgamesh says, Hey fags, did you know that there are a lot of countries, at least two States uh, where it's illegal to have sex with animals. I did a video on Rumble Panzer Dragon. You can go watch the video. It's 100% gross. Uh, I thought that uh, that was illegal pretty much everywhere. You're telling me it's not necessarily illegal to... Well, I guess not in Afghanistan. At least not in practice. They do plenty of it. Oh, he's saying... I read it wrong. Where it is legal. A lot of countries, two states where it is legal. Right, I read right. it backwards. Oh, that's no good. What states are they? Uh, do I want this in my Google history? No, mm, I'm going to, I'm going to actually pass. I'm going to pass before I type that out. Uh, but I am curious anyway, I guess I'm not surprised to learn that in a lot of foreign countries, it's legal though. Ooh, Zazie McTazbot. Happy black history month. I work at a grocery store and about every six to eight weeks, I have to explain the ground Chuck is ground beef, ground Chuck round and sirloin are all types of ground beef. They never get it. Can you guess what race the people are? And can you give an example of dumbing down a society in your life? I mean, you're probably talking about black people, but I can see a situation where Asians would be asking about this. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Can you give an example of the dumbing down of society in your own life? I'm going to need a second on this one. Like what's the, what's the stupidest thing I've seen pub- out in public? Um, I don't know. I don't know that I've seen amazing public stupidity lately. It's mostly just terrible drivers. 
I'll see episodes of that. Oh God, I know. We have a merge lane where you just go. You don't have to stop. Yeah. Because it opens up to its own lane and people just sit at that sign. They just sit there forever. Sons of bitches. You know what's know. what's killing me is uh is roundabouts. And I actually am a fan oh, of roundabouts. People are, I love roundabouts. People are so dumb. They are very efficient, but um you got people yielding in the roundabout i saw a lady do that the other day where she was stopped in the roundabout trying to yield to traffic entering the roundabout that's backwards why are you stopped in the flow of traffic stop what yeah. you're doing but you know what gets me uh it's it's actually inconsequential it doesn't matter but it's just one of those things that drives me nuts uh people who signal in the roundabout like the flow of traffic is always going right you don't you don't signal right dude like what are you doing you don't signal right to enter the roundabout. You have, there is no left. I don't know why that drives me up the wall, but, uh, so I guess it's that, I don't know. I haven't seen, um, I, I haven't seen someone do something incredibly stupid in public for a while, but part of that is just cause I don't, I don't spend a lot of time out in public. Really? I, I'm still seeing some mask wearing. Oh, there's plenty of that. Oh, well this, this is another example. And I don't know if this qualifies as stupidity, at least maybe mask wearing in general does. But when we had to when we went on our trip last week, there are still people wearing masks. I would say even at the San Francisco airport, it's not more than like one out of eight people, maybe that's pretty still good. too many, but not even close to a majority. But the people I don't understand are the ones who are wearing the masks the lazy way. Like they're it's hanging off their face. Yeah, It's like, why and, even bother and, at this point? There's no social pressure. Yeah. They, it's completely optional. No one's forcing you to do this and you're still wearing a mask, but it's hanging off your face under your nose. Why? I don't yeah. understand those people at all, but they exist. Anyway. Okay. Uh, thank you for the questions. I appreciate them. And uh, of course, if you'd like to send uh, one of your own, you can do that through the contact page of the website, mattchristiansonmedia.com slash contact. Look for the call in show question form. All right. We'll catch up with our chats and we'll call it a night. We're good on Rumble. I need to refresh everywhere else. If you're ready to go, go for it. But I can find where we left The last one about my sorted pass. Let me refresh. Yeah, the the last one I had was from Blue Viper. But actually, we might be caught up uh, because mine's not refreshing anymore. Oh, wait. Mine's also not refreshing. Hold on. Yeah, so we might be caught up. But I'll give it one more just to be sure. Uh, Blue Viper. Did you already read that one? Oh, we have. uh, I have one more here from Camgirl Asuna. Public stupidity, Congress, enough said. Well, that's yeah. that's fair enough. I guess that would qualify. Fair enough. Thank you, Cam Girl. Uh, and we're all set. Anything else before we get out of here? No, thanks for joining us, guys. All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. And uh, thanks for your calls. Thanks for your questions. Thanks for your super chats. Very much appreciated. We, of course, will be back on Sunday to talk about... Uh, whatever else is in the news between now and then. If you'd like more to listen to, or if you missed any part of this stream and you'd like to listen back, you can find it uh, on the audio platforms of the show afterward. Head on over to the podcast page of the website, mattchristensenmedia.com slash podcast. Speaking of, you want to find anything else show-related, that's the place to do it, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll see you back on Sunday. Have a good week. Until then. <laughs>